Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. We heard from Marjorie Taylor Greene. She got swatted again. And it's weird because a lot of the people who don't like her are exaggerating the claims, saying, oh, the, the SWAT team didn't show up. That's not what SWATting is. SWATting is when you try to get the SWAT team to show up. Now, we were, we were planning on leading with this and talking just about how the escalation's going. Uh, and then uh, just a moment ago, we got a, a big breaking story. Mark Zuckerberg, I believe it was, it was on Joe Rogan, right? Because this is just, we're just picking this up right yeah. now. Uh, Mark Zuckerberg said they censored the Hunter Biden laptop story at, at, at the request of the FBI. There is currently a lawsuit against the government, uh, the U.S. government, Democrats, and it is uh, led by a, there's a bunch of plaintiffs, including the state of Missouri, arguing that Section 230 is a violation of the First Amendment because it gives broad censorship authority to these platforms, immunities, as well as the Democrats and, and members of the government directing censorship to these big tech platforms. I, am, I imagine that they're, they're going to have to amend that complaint and be like, here's a new exhibit, Mark Zuckerberg admitting they censor stories at the behest of the government, of the DOJ. That's absolutely crazy. So we're going to be talking about that. Obviously, uh, you know, civil war is a bit of a big subject these days, particularly here. So everybody take your drink, I guess. That's the name of the game. And uh, we got a lot to talk about. Before we get started, head over to TimCast.com. Become a member. If you'd like to support our work as a member, you'll get access to exclusive segments of the TimCast Uncensored After Hour show at 11 p.m. Monday through Thursday, as well as our other shows. We got more stuff coming out. We've got a new song we're launching at midnight tonight at TimCastRecords.com. If you guys are interested, should be uh, really fun and exciting. You know, we're just we're just building culture. Joining us to talk about all of this and their story. I know it's not a podium. It was a lectern, but everyone calls him <laughs> podium guy. So what am I supposed to do? I can't put lectern guy. It's podium guy. Adam Johnson. Hey, thanks for having me. Who are you? Uh, my name's Adam Johnson. Uh, Married, uh, I've raised uh, five boys, stay-at-home dad, trying oh. to make a men. Uh, my pronouns are hero and patriot, and I am wearing a black V-neck. There you go. Looks good. Loving it. And Tim's tweaking your camera. There's no Nice Tim. tattoo also. What's that tattoo say? Oh, yeah. oh it, says, uh, it says we the people. Does it? How long it's have you had that? That's I actually got this a couple of weeks ago. Very Hardcore. cool. Hardcore. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Now, after fixing your Tim camera. Tim, fix the camera. Yeah, uh, perfect. So you are known as the podium guy, incorrectly. It's lectern guy, I guess. But can you want to just give a brief overview of why that is? So um, I was known as podium guy as, like, as like, like my story, or why is it a lectern, not a podium? Why, are, why, why, why do you have a nickname at all? <laughs> I have a nickname because uh, there was a picture taken of me during January 6th that uh, became viral, came memed quite a bit. And uh, they named me that because they didn't know my name yet. Via Getty, you mean? Uh, via Getty. Well, Via Getty did take my photo. There was a lot of confusion. Uh, they people said, thought that I was Via Getty because they read the the caption underneath it, Via Getty. So I was Via Getty for a little bit. So just for people who don't know, that means from Getty, which is a photo distribution yeah. network. And these people who don't know anything about this saw photo from Getty distribution and thought Via Getty was a name, and they were like, "This guy Via Getty." So uh, we had a lot to talk about. Um, talking about your experience on January 6th, mm -hmm. how all of this stuff uh, came to be, how you ended up carrying a lectern. 
So, uh, and then obviously we had a lot to talk about in terms of news and this this, this story about uh, Zuckerberg. We'll start with that and then we'll, we'll get into your story, obviously. But uh, thanks for coming. It should be fun. Thanks for having we, me. We also inadvertently pulled in George Alexopoulos. Right. <laughs> yeah, it was an accident. I was just uh, driving by, you know, I just thought I'd say hi. I was on a quest, a mystic quest. Yeah. To uh, extinguish the world's, uh, really the unspoken threat that we all know exists. It may be in this very room. What's that? I can't say. You can't say? It, it, well, he, he texted me and he was like, bro, I'm really hungry. Do you have food? And I was like, why don't you come over? And he was like, all right. Pretty much. Uh, Listen, you know, that was the threat. I, I am on a mystic quest, but I, you know, it's, there's, it's a pretty thankless job. I know. Reddit hard. knows who I am. I am the That's greatest true. martial artist <laughs> yeah. on the internet. So, uh, George. You guys know who I am. Yeah. Also known as G Prime 85. We have your paintings. I guess you call them paintings. Yeah. Digital paintings up yeah. on the walls. And you make a bunch of memes. I got to say, dude, the, um. The truck flying into the Trade Center was one of the funniest so pieces good. of satire I've ever seen. Satire. That was that was that was <laughs> but, but, but it convinced about? a lot of conservatives it was real. It oh was my just goodness. masterfully done. You know, uh, they still share, I think in Canada, the uh, the trucks with the KKK hoods on them. <laughs> look, it, it is real if you want it to be real. That's, right. It's true. It's true. The the money you send me is real and that's all I care about, right? That's right. <laughs> right on. We also got Ian. Hi everybody. Ian Crossland here. Happy to be here. Let's just keep this going. I'm very excited. I think listening to the conversation before the show is going to be hilarious. Love having George. Love meeting Adam. Let's get going. So the first story we have is actually, you know, we're, we're getting set up for the show. And uh, when, when news breaks right before the show, it's, it's tough because, you know, I, I'm reading the news up until like four and then I get to exercise and eat. And so we're getting up here. We're pulling stories and it's just right before the show. We get this clip. Jack Posobiec posted it. Breaking, Zuckerberg says Facebook limited distribution of the Hunter laptop story based on a general request from the FD, uh, FBI. We're going to play this clip for you now and hear what uh, Mr. Zuckerberg had to oh, say. Yeah, to turn it up. It's how really do you guys well. handle things? Yeah, how do we turn this up? Turn it up. Big news item that's controversial. Like there was a lot of attention on Twitter during the election because of the Hunter Biden laptop story. The New York Post. Yeah, we Post. have that too. Yeah, so you guys censored that as well? So we took a different path than Twitter. Um, I mean, basically, the background here is the FBI, I think, basically came to us, uh, some, some folks on our team, and was like, hey, um, just so you know, like, you should be on high alert. There was the, we, we thought that there was a lot of Russian propaganda in the 2016 election. We have it on notice that basically there's about to be some kind of dump of... of um, uh, that's similar to that. So just be vigilant. So our protocol is different from Twitter's. What Twitter did is they said, you can't share this at all. Um, we didn't do that. What, what we do is we have, um, if something is reported to us as potentially um, misinformation, important misinformation, we, we also have this third-party fact-checking program because we don't want to be deciding what's true and false. And for the, I think it was five or seven days when it was basically being... Um, being determined whether it was false, um, the distribution on Facebook was decreased, but people were still allowed to share it. So you could still share it. Oh, okay. You could still consume it. So when um, you say the distribution is decreased, in, it, it got shared. It, how does that work? It basically the ranking in newsfeed was a little bit less. So fewer people saw it than would have otherwise. So it definitely. By what? In other words, Mark Zuckerberg has admitted that the FBI came to them and said, hey, watch out for this uh, Russian misinformation. So they went, OK, hey, look, here's a negative story about Biden. Let's censor this because people have to determine whether it's false. And people, of course, are their chosen sources. He's trying to very much downplay it. 
I don't want to make it seem like the FBI went to him and said outright, censor the Hunter Biden laptop story, which is kind of what my understanding was. But it's more so they came to them and said, watch out for for, you know, this kind of misinformation, which triggers Facebook to then say, we're going to censor some of these stories interfering in the election. Man, dark days indeed is one way to put it. Yeah. I don't know. What do you what do you think, Ian? Because you're you 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 worked on social media stuff. You worked on the censorship stuff. Um. Well, firstly, Mark ducked the question when Joe was like, "So you censored it too?" Mark didn't say yes, but they did. And what they did was they blacklisted the thing. They put it. They they shadow banned it. They they downranked it in the algorithm, which is a you know you could say it's an insidious form of censorship because the people don't even know it's being censored. At least when it won't go through, you know, it won't go through. Um question about ethics of it oh also he talks about we don't want to be the ones that decide what's right and wrong so we outsource that to a third party like that so we've decided someone else gets to decide what's right and wrong i I don't know i think the community should be deciding what violates terms personally well to me it just sounds like they're outsourcing they're choosing who they're outsourcing to so they're already so they're deciding by not deciding they're saying we're going to outsource this other group we know they're left-leaning but at least it won't be us it's kind of like what pontius pilate did to jesus christ exactly i want to wash my hands of this publicly you know it's not me that's that's the bad person in the room it's definitely someone else and we're not going to tell you who that is and kind of bury that information but you know censorship is good for us you know because how we know what's true if we're not told what's Mm -hmm. true you know you know i'm one thing i don't like about this is like mark it's not a it's not a publisher. The Facebook's not a publishing platform. It, it's a it's like a general platform that's allowing people to publish their own stuff so that they take I don't know, man. We're in we're in very this strange would, times with new technology, so laws and things need to be rewritten. Mm-hmm. This would be like your phone company sending you a notice being like, "Hey, if you have a phone conversation about Hunter Biden, we're going to shut your call down." Yeah. <laughs> but it's pub it's different because it's public, so they're downranking its visibility, which is different than not letting no. you have you the phone. You can still have that, the call. We'll just lower the volume so but, nobody but, can hear you. But that's not true either. I can do a call to a loudspeaker at, in a stadium full of people. I'm using that tech to deliver a message in a direction. Twitter was, was was substantially worse. They were stopping you from even sharing it between people, which is like more so like you can't call people and tell them this. But what if I do a phone call to a conference room? Maybe it's a university with a thousand people, you know, sitting in an auditorium and they and we do a phone call so that everyone can hear what I have to say. Yeah, it'd be like them saying this. Your call is not going to access speaker phones. We're not going to let any speaker phones take your calls. Only only individual people can hear it or something like that. Mm. Like I guess the George big question is turning the volume down. I'll, I'll say this, too, as kind of a. Uh, lucky Land Casino asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky in line at the deli, I guess. Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's just a correction on, on how I opened. My understanding was that the FBI made a request for the Hunter Biden laptop story to be censored. What Mark is saying is they gave them a general request about, hey, you should basically, like they basically told Facebook to censor information. Hmm. They said that Russians are trying to interfere, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. We know what that means. I think it was more direct than that, but Mark is clearly trying to downplay what's going on. So I just want to make sure we're clear. I don't know that the FBI told them to censor the Hunter Biden laptop story explicitly, but the FBI did go to Facebook and said, watch out for this stuff which they know would result in Facebook censoring tons of information, Mm -hmm. regardless of where it came from. I mean, the fact that the FBI said 
any information should be under under watch is a First Amendment violation. And any action taken after that, in my, I, I would argue, is Facebook acting on behest of the U.S. government. It's funny, like we as Americans have First Amendment rights, but do Russians have First Amendment rights when they're in Russia using Facebook that Americans are reading? Mm. I don't think so. They I'm have Russian sure. rights. Um, yeah. So does the FBI have to give Russians First Amendment rights if they're using American corporations? I don't know. Well, non-citizens do have constitutional rights in this country. When they're in the country. That's right. But not when they're using technology, when they're not in the country, but they're using technology. See, it's a weird reality now where tech, you can be in Russia, but also be in the United States via video chat. And it looks like you're here. It sounds like you're here. Well, as far as I'm concerned, the FBI stepping in and saying anything to this so-called private company just removes the argument that, of course, the government's not the one censoring. It's just Facebook saying that you can or can't share this. This is 100% the government deciding what people could or should see. And it's not even about Russia at this point, because I'm fully convinced the FBI knew that this wasn't Russian disinformation. They just wanted to wink, wink, nudge, nudge Facebook into being like, oh, okay, so we'll keep this on the down low. Mine's, mine's frames a little differently. They say um, Mark Zuckerberg tells Joe Rogan that Facebook algorithmically censored hunt, the Hunter Biden laptop story for seven days based on a general request from the FBI to restrict election misinformation. I think that's a fair assessment. Hmm. And you need to understand that means the government is going to big platforms and saying, restrict things you choose at our behest. We've got to, there's got to be some lawsuits or something to stop this because, you know, I was reading recently is an August 2nd state of Missouri, I think Gateway Pundit, I think Jim Hoft, several other people are involved in this lawsuit against uh, a bunch of Democrats, Biden, I think Biden and, and the government saying that Section 230 is a law that gives special clearance to to big tech to censor and, and suppress information. But that is only possible because the U.S. government has given them this special access, hmm. which is a First Amendment violation. I completely agree. You've also got stories like Alex Berenson. He, uh, 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 I think it's confirmed now, right? He reported this, that the government requested he be censored specifically. And then Twitter, they, the, the government so. went to Twitter and said, why aren't you censoring this yeah. guy? And they're like, okay. And they banned him. Files a lawsuit. He gets his account back. At this point, there is no argument. The government is actively playing a role in censoring information they do not like. Well, I guess that's the conversation. Like, We've always considered that the government is taking information and withholding some of it from us, maybe to protect us because we don't know what's best for ourselves. Mm. And now we're getting more information that's readily accessible to all of us. And it's 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 making things spiral because people can go search anything now. We got computers in our in our pockets. So if we want to learn about something, we can. And I think this is just the the veils being removed and people are getting so much information that it's hard to stop it. So we're seeing these hard stops being put in place. It's like, you ever see one of those cartoons where they're on a boat and then like a hole breaks and the guy sticks his finger in the hole mm -hmm. and another hole breaks and, he, yep. and then his toes and then his tongue and then his eye goes mm -hmm. in. That's basically what's happening. <laughs> they, they can't stop the flow of information and they keep trying to and it's just getting, it's making things crazier and it's making things worse. Well, even so, it was the uh, Sam Harris problem anyway. They had decided that this is our guy. He's going to dethrone the other guy. Mm -hmm. It really was a matter of time before this was going to come out anyway. They just needed to hold it in place for just long enough for the, their guy to get installed. And now it's coming out and they can't stop it. But nobody cares now that it's coming out. All the implications of he was working with X, Y, and Z, and now we're sending money to X, Y, and Z. It doesn't matter anymore. I, they, I, they won. Yeah. Who, who was it who was just on who said things going to get crazy? Was it Amy Wolf? I think so. Oh, yeah. She said, she's been saying that. She's like the election. Well, <clears throat> is that, that moving now into the midterms, yeah. we're going to see really crazy oh, yeah. stuff. Like you don't, you don't no, even know. No, that was Mike Glover. 
Mike Glover. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. he, he was like, it's going to get crazy. As far as revelations? No, no just in terms of like, <laughs> yeah. like weird political stories. Yeah. The October surprises. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's like we're going to see like 50 October surprises. Oh. Yeah. There's going to be like, you know, nudes of old people. Oh, no. It's going to be like <laughs> someone's going to be accused of literally throwing a pie at some other guy. Mm -hmm. It's going to be great. I mean, look what they did with Brett Kavanaugh, right? Brett Kavanaugh was accused of like, I mean, the accusations are just laughably insane that men were lining up outside of dorm rooms yeah, and like nobody said anything for 30 years. It's just, it's just kind of crazy to, to, and, and people, I, 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 you know, I gotta be honest. I don't think these people really believe it, but I don't think they're, they're lucid to have to really believe anyway. I think they're like mindlessly droning on and just parroting with a, what, I just think they're about. broken. Like these people are just broken and they've, they've gotten to a point where their party keeps moving their line. And if they don't move with it, they get ousted. They get taken away from their party. So you successfully broken half of the people and they'll just pair it whatever they need to pair it, whether they believe it or not. I've got a bunch of friends that, you know, a couple of years ago, they had different stances and we could have a rational conversation, walk away and shake hands, but we can't do that anymore. We it's can't. Crazy. Well, well, <laughs> like the crazy thing is there are people that I've, like, I've known for 20 years. Mm -hmm. And as soon as like, you know, like the, this show started getting prominence, someone I talked to regularly all of a sudden now is running full speed to news outlets being like, I, I'll make whatever up. You know, just, just what, what do you want to hear? What, what should I tell you about them? And they're just tweeting things like crazy. And I'm like, what the? This is weird. Yeah, what happened with you and your friends? Did you notice like a, a shift or something? <laughs> we lost a lot, a lot of friends, man. Mm -hmm. uh, like, like, you know, 10-year friends. I, there's a, actually a couple that still have not reached out to us. You know, and these are people who were supposed to be like godparents to our children, like very, very close, deep friends. And, you know, my thoughts always been, you saw me do one thing one time, but you've known me for a decade. You know where I live. If you actually want to know, you can just come talk to me. It's not about you. It's about people feeling like I just need to say what they tell me to say because I don't want trouble. Mm -hmm. So uh, the, the example that I think really hits the nail on the head that I've brought up several times now ad nauseum is a woman asking three other women, what is a woman? And uh, um, again, I think it was, I should probably check who said this, I think it was Matt Walsh. These young women know what a woman is, but they're trying to reconcile that with what they're supposed to say it is. Mm. And so they end up stuttering and stammering and making no sense because it's like, there's an obvious logic and then there's, but I'm not allowed to say it. Mm. Yeah, the fascist word is one of those. Like, I feel like I had a buddy told me he said I was supporting fascism by doing this show. And then the other night we had Joe Latipo on, who's mm -hmm. the Surgeon General of, of Florida. Inter and I'm like, how is interviewing the Surgeon General of a state fascism? That's the most insane mm -hmm. accusation. <laughs> but like people, this whole like Trump is a fascist narrative mm -hmm. is like, if you don't, I think if you don't fall into that, then you start to get left behind. It's because he is the enemy. Like, we don't look at each other like neighbors anymore. We don't look at each other like fellow citizens. The idea is you are either with me or you are my enemy. We don't have conversations that, that want to produce relationship anymore. We have conversations that we only want to produce, I'm right and you're wrong. And if you don't believe what I believe, then you're out. You think part of this is like from follower counts on social media? We didn't used to yep. have that. And now everyone's kind of competing. Almost. I think it's a big component of it. Uh, I think that that kind of helps bring us to where we are. But a, but a big component of it is just that you can really see now who uh, 10, 20 years ago, you know, talking about people who are friends. Mm -hmm. Now, you know, who actually was your friend who actually believed what they were saying. Mm. And now you can tell who was just saying what they thought was socially acceptable, acceptable because they wanted they wanted something. Yeah, maybe it's always been this way. Yeah. But social media is um it's almost like a 
it's a room you can go vent in and now you're just allowed to say it and well it's not real there but i mean it's real you have your opinions you post them and now we know people for who they are and it's readily accessible mm. uh, one of the positive things that happened with me is my facebook instagram got nuked almost immediately so anything bad that i said over the past 10 <laughs> years gone. like it's, it's gone, gone i never said anything wrong you can't find well, let's, it let's so let's let's do this we got a bunch of stories but let's start with yours because um is i mean you've, you've, you've done a local interview but is, is this like the first big discussion you've had about what happened on january 6th uh, i did a local interview with uh with mike calta super nice guy he's he's been in radio for a long time he's really nice to me and he's like you know i'd love to have a chat with you wasn't speaking negative or anything so i was like yeah i'll, I'll come talk with you and uh, I did another one with um, with a guy who just reviews guns. I'm not going to give him a shout out because I don't know. He's he's still building, you know, mm. but um, super nice guy. We just kind of chatted about what happened. So uh, you're the podium guy. And this is uh, an egregious, incorrect statement because it was a lectern. And uh, everybody <laughs> is telling us that in the chat. But uh, so, you know, for those that aren't familiar, there's this famous photo that comes out of the January 6th riots or whatever. It's you and you're carrying the lectern while smiling and waving to the camera. And... Uh, how did it all happen? What, what's the story behind it? I mean, how far do you want to go back? Like, why did I go? I mean, let's yeah, just start why? with like, yeah, yeah, sure. Tell us your story, man. So um, I wasn't really into politics a few years ago. I'm busy raising kids, changing diapers and doing common core math, you know, and um, COVID struck and I started listing because I had more free time. just trying to find a hobby and, uh, you know, followed the elections and everything, you know, listened to a bunch of stuff. And uh, I had never voted before. I voted and uh, I voted in 2019. For the first time, a registered independent forever. Just didn't really have much stake in getting out there and doing something because my life was pretty good, you know. And uh, listened to what was going on, started getting some opinions, some ideas, and I decided I'm going to go to a Trump rally. It's going to be the last one. You know, I'd never been to one before. You know, I, I always listened to the guy's Twitter was hilarious, you know. So um, I bought some tickets with a friend of mine, and we just headed up there. And uh, it was the first rally I'd been to, never been to a protest before. It's kind of a new experience for me, so I didn't really know the etiquette of what a protest is. Did you go to? He was Trump was speaking at the Ellipse. Yes. Did you go there? Yes, that's where I was by the monument and uh, the World War or uh, the World War II memorial. How did you go from there to the Capitol building? Well, we were there for um, I think about a couple hours, and uh, at the very end of his speech, he's like, "We're going to march down to the Capitol. We're going to march peacefully. Let our voices be heard." You know, and uh, we didn't really have any plans that day. You know, after the fact, so I was like, "Well, I guess." It's going there, so I guess we'll follow. So it's, you know, just following cattle. So you follow people, you make it to the Capitol building. Mm -hmm. What happens next? So when we, um, on the walk there, we actually, there's a lot of people there. I mean, I've never seen so many people. Um, we heard from the crowd, uh, Pence didn't do it, Pence didn't do it, it's over. You know, and at that point, people are just, they're, the pace picks up. Some people start running, you know, they're funneling through the crowd. And I'm um, like, what's going to happen you know so I, I follow because i'm curious I'm, I'm there to see what happens i'm there to witness a little bit of history and i follow the crowd uh when we get to the capital it, it's already under siege you know i compare it to like watching um uh like an anthill being kicked you know just just people everywhere well, uh, but so but but elaborate on that did you see violence did you see people tearing things down oh yeah uh, there was definitely violence there that day and you know i, I try to be as honest as possible like people were hitting cops you but know? as you're walking up you're seeing all that happen yes Yep, I'm, I'm filming it. I'm, I'm watching it go down. I mean, when I first got there, they were kind of just arguing back and forth, you know, protest rhetoric, you know, you've betrayed us, you know, defend our country, this and that. And uh, at some point, just things popped off. You know, one side started pushing, the other side pushed back. There was tear gas, mace. There was a flashbang at a point, 
you know, but people were hitting cops. So, well, so, so next, what's next? So I don't want to stick around that because I don't want to be a part of that. You know, I'm just kind of tacitly sitting back there videotaping it because holy cow, what's happening in front of me, you know? So the next thing, uh, I climb up some scaffolding to kind of get a bird's eye view to see what's happening. And um, you, you can't tell where the thing started and stopped. I mean, it was just funneling in from almost every street, you know, and I was kind of beholding the whole thing. And, you know, it's kind of like, well, I'm not sure what to do next. You know, as I come down the stairs from the scaffolding, I notice people are going inside the building. You know, and I'm like, well, I guess that's where the protest is going. I, I guess I'll, I'll go inside, you know. So I walk through open doors with a group of people. Um, I get to uh, the rotunda. And when we get there, people kind of disperse because it's such a large room. You know, it's, it's a beautiful room, too. So, you know, whatever people were walking in with a chance, it got real quiet real quick. Uh, people are looking around at the paintings, the statues, the oculus. I mean, it's 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 a beautiful room. And then um, I, I kind of wander around a little bit, take some pictures. And I notice there's uh, there's this lectern sitting kind of like underneath some stairs. You know, it's kind of out in the open. I'm like, man, that would make a great photo, you know, kind of in the, in the middle of the rotunda. I called it. You know, I nailed it. And um, so I take the lectern out, I set it down, I give a short speech, and then I go wander around a little bit more. So that was that photo of you carrying the mm -hmm. lectern was, you, you took it from under some stairs and then, and then what, you put it down somewhere? I, I put it down in the middle of the rotunda. And then you started talking to people? Yeah, I just, I gave a short speech. It was like three lines, you know, kind of a, kind of LARPing politics, you know, and um, I left it there. I didn't put it back where I find it, you know, so shame on me. But um, after that, I walked away. Um, I went down. Um, I saw where the Speaker of the House's kind of hallway is. So I kind of walked down there. I saw Nancy Pelosi's store. I'm like, holy cow, that's where she does her stuff, <laughs> you know? And so, um, you know, I, I touched the doorknob. I got to admit, I did touch the doorknob. I didn't try to open the door. It's like a boop, you know? And uh, But the door was lost. like, all right, well, walk away from that. So I come back down the hallway, kind of getting bored, kind of getting lost. Never been to the Capitol before. And I see another group of people that are uh, coming in. It's a whole other wave. And they kind of seem like they know where they're going. They they know they have a plan or whatever, you know. So I follow that group. And uh, this group heads down towards, I, I think it's the Senate chamber where they were. And so I kind of tag along with the group. You know, I'm texting my wife, texting my friends. And you're like, oh, I'm inside, you know. And like, you should leave. And I'm like, ah, I'll leave in a minute. I'll leave in a minute. I get some more pictures. So um, we get down to the doors. And, uh, you know, they're banging on the doors and stuff. And, Kind of just, you know, looking around, taking pictures. I talked to a guy next to me, and I'm like... With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway, and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. What are they doing? Like, oh, that's where they are. And I was like, what do you mean that's where they are? It's like, that's that's where they're, they're meeting to count the votes. I'm like, they're still here? What are they doing here? You know, so that, but I'm like, I probably shouldn't be here. You know, so um, I, I do one around for a few more minutes. Uh, someone releases either tear gas or uh, some type of fire extinguisher. And, uh, you know, hurts my eyes, it burns. And your guess. yeah, yeah, it's not comfortable, you know, so um, I went around a little bit more. I find a cop and ask a cop, hey, man, how do I get out of here? I'd like to leave now. And uh, the cop tells me, well, you know, go down the hallway, take a right. There's an officer out there. He's, he's uh, taking people exiting outside. So just go over there. It'll be done. And that was my experience inside the Capitol. And so then you leave you leave the Capitol mm -hmm. 
And then uh, you had no idea. Did you have any idea what was about to come in terms of the national attention, the photo? No, no. Um, I knew a photographer had taken my picture because, you know, professional photography would have been pretty easy to spot, you know, but I didn't think anything would come of it. I thought, well, I trespassed, you know, worst case scenario, tell me I can't come back again. But I got my photos. I saw the building. I'm good. You know, so you thought you were trespassing. I mean, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I could admit that. I mean, I, I did walk into a building. I'm pretty sure they didn't want me inside of. So I can say, yes, I did trespass. So after you leave, um, what like when did you when did you find out that it was much more serious than you had you had realized? So my phone had died inside. I had it charging in my backpack on a um, on a battery pack, and uh, I made it outside. Uh, got a couple of hot dogs. Was walking back to the hotel, and uh, turned the phone back on after it hit like ten fifteen percent, and my phone just started blowing up. Man, couldn't even use it because there were so many messages coming in. Uh, eventually, I put on airplane mode so I can kind of go through see what was going on, and uh, it struck me because. There were so many people like, dude, you're famous. There are memes of you. And I was like, well, that didn't go as planned, you know. So um, I, I, before I even made it back to my hotel, I was getting recognized on the street. When did you uh, find out that you were in serious trouble? Um, so I made it back to the hotel room, and it was when I started watching CNN. And CNN had told uh, the people that this is an insurrection. Uh, these people should go to prison for 20 years. You know, and then I found someone got shot and I'm like, oh, my Lord, that's that's really, really bad. And things started devolving from there. When did like when did you first make contact with law enforcement? How did how did, how did it come to be that you end up you know, facing charges? Well, I'm, I'm friends with quite a few Leos. Um, so I, I called a couple. I'm like, hey, is this going to be a big deal? And uh, they did allude to they did say, like, they're probably going to want to have a conversation with you at some point, you know, because what you did is what they're saying you did. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I. I called a couple of friends of mine, a good buddy of mine. Uh, his name is Jennings. I'm supposed to say Jennings. Good buddy of mine, Jennings. Uh, he said, uh, "He said, look, I got a couple of lawyers. You should give them a call. Just do it ahead of time. Get get some defense set up because things are probably not going to be great for you in the weeks to come." Mm-hmm. So, go ahead. So then, what happens? You get uh, you get you know you call some lawyers. Do they eventually? Uh, do they make contact with the uh, the feds, or the feds come to you, or what? Yeah. So uh, my attorneys, uh, David Bigney and Dan Eckhart fantastic people. I highly recommend them. I'm also shot them out. Um, so uh, I got a hold of them and they're like, listen, this is going to be a case of a lifetime. You don't want to wait. You need to get us hired because they're going to come after you hard. You don't get to get a photo like that and become, you know, infamous overnight and not see them come after you. So um, we got the prices from and I was like, oh, well, I'm not going to pay that. That's absurd, you know, but we did. Can because, you say what those prices are? Um, I, I was $100,000. Wow. Yeah, to hire him. Jeez. Yeah. It's $100,000. And uh, we, we're paid off now, so we're fine and God is good. But um, we did end up hiring him. And I, uh, I had a flight that was supposed to leave on Friday, but I rented a car like that night, picked it up in the morning and drove back because I knew like charges are probably coming and I'd like to see my family for a couple hours before they pick me up. When did the charges come? The charges came on a, on a Friday. About so how long after? I left uh, Thursday morning around 6 a.m. In the next week? And no, the next day. Oh, the like next Friday day? Friday the next day. Yeah, within, oh, wow. I think within 48 hours, I was uh, the AUSA, which is the Assistant United States Attorney's Office, was already in contact with my attorneys and vice versa. And uh, they were talking about these are the charges we're bringing, and uh, he's going to have to go to jail until what, we figure something what out. Were the, what were the initial charges they, they wanted to get you on? Uh, it was a violent entry, which is a misdemeanor. It was um, entering and remaining a restricted building, which is a misdemeanor. And then um, it's glorified trespassing. And then uh, a felony theft for moving furniture 20 yards. 
you did not end up with the felony or anything. How, so, 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 how does it how does it end up? You know, with your your criminal case. Where are you at now? Uh, so, again, my attorneys are awesome. Um, I'm not a felon, which is fantastic. I get my voting rights back, which are very important to me, and I also get my firearms back, which are equally important to me, which is good. Um, I did 75 days in a uh, in a federal prison camp, and then I did um, five thousand dollar fine, and I got 200 hours of community service. But I'm enjoying my community service. What kind of stuff are you doing as community service? I am working uh, for an organization called um, Adopt-A-Cop, which was uh, founded for, um, it was after uh, George Floyd. I believe it was after George Floyd. I got to read the statement again. But uh, basically training cops in jujitsu to be able to subdue suspects in a non-lethal manner. So I work with, with law enforcement officers doing training programs, rolling with them. I've got a, a big function I'm organizing in a couple of weeks. I can't talk about it yet, but it's, it's, I'm enjoying it. That's awesome. Yeah, I'm enjoying it. So, you end up uh, in a, in a prison camp. You said yes. What what is what what is that? Is that not a big you know cell block with razor wire or what does no. that mean? So um, I didn't know anything about prison before this started. So my idea of prison is like Shawshank Redemption, you know, and uh, in Green Mile. So I was not super thrilled about it. Um, they have. I guess four, I think it's four different levels of prison. So there's like max security where like the murderers go. There's a uh, medium, which is, you know, not as bad, even scalable. And then there's low and then there's camp and they place you based on your charge. And there's like five different levels of things where it's like, you know, are you have gang ties? You know, is your, is it a violent record? How many times you've been arrested? Uh, recidivism and uh, oh, there was something else. Can't recall. So it's a camp. You're like, are you like outside with like a fire roasting marshmallows or what? <laughs> it's not. It's not that nice. Um, so it's not like it's not cells, not cages. You know, it's uh, it's like open dorms. You seen Orange is the New Black? No, but open dorms so you can come and go as you please or what? Uh, typically, yeah. Like there in were, and out of your room, obviously. In and out of your room, prison. yeah. There's yes. I mean, there's times you have there's curfew. You have to be in. Uh, there's also wake up time. You have to be up, and they give you jobs to do. Uh, in the camp, uh, the prisoners do everything they do the cooking they do the laundry they do the lawn maintenance they do everything they keep you busy oh so what did you have to do i did nothing i told them i'm not going to work oh really i will not work for the government you cannot make me oh <laughs> so they didn't make you <laughs> no so let's let's go back to this day in january 6th it sounds like from the story you've told us you had you had no real idea what was going to happen no you had no plans nope you had no real intentions nope i you wanted just... to see an end of an era it was going to be trump's last hurrah and i thought that would be a great thing to witness a little bit of history and uh, you make your way into the Capitol kind of just bumbling and not really understanding what was going on around you. Yep. Like a little bit like you knew there was fighting, you knew there was trespassing, but you were just kind of like, oh. I left the group of people who were fighting because that's not what I am and that's not what I agree with. So there were a group of people that are doing that and I said, those aren't my people. So I went and I found something else to do. I think, you know, the reason why I want to head on that is obviously the narrative is insurrection and all that. And while sure. I certainly think there were people who were rioting and, mm. you know, trying to do something. The, the, the reason I don't like the phrase insurrection is that the idea that several hundred people can stand in a building and change a government is like absurd. It's, it's not the 1600s anymore. And even then, it's like that that it didn't even work for Hitler. Right. Mm -hmm. The 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 what is it? The uh, the beer hall push. Mm -hmm. He like fires a gun in the air and declares he's taking the government over and they just come and arrest him. Like, what do you what do you what do you think this is? <laughs> uh, and then he had to Hitler's rise to power was actually through politics because just trying to stand in the building doesn't accomplish anything. I think that's an important distinction with everything we're hearing. Um, especially with your story, obviously it doesn't speak to the people who were fighting and, and, you know, one guy was like brutally hitting a cop. He got serious charges yep. and he should be in prison for that. Absolutely. You, you like, you don't go and beat people for any reason. No, you know, but, uh, but I think the important thing is that a lot of the people who are there, uh, there, there's, there's two things. One, 
in your case, you knew they were fighting. You knew you were trespassing. Mm-hmm. You got convicted. You 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 pleaded uh, to a misdemeanor charge. Mm-hmm. Then you went to prison. There are some people who watched the police open the door and fan them in. Yes. This guy, what was his name? Matthew Martin, I think his name was. Is that his name? Acquitted on all charges. Because the judge said, there's a video showing a cop waving him in. And then the cops are saying, I agree with it. And then cops taking selfies with people. Mm-hmm. Getting getting to fully understand this is extremely important if we're going to, you know, actually move forward with this, like in this country and try and solve these problems. Well, it's case by case. And I think the problem with calling an insurrectionist or calling me an insurrectionist, never an insurrectionist, is you... You're generalizing statements, right? It is case by case. Some people did something, some people did other things. But to blanket statement everything is, I think, horrible. Like, I mean, so I tell people, I tell people, it's kind of like looking what happened with uh, with the summer of love, right? I'm sure there are a lot of people that showed up to a protest that turned into a riot, you know. And I can't, I support protest in all forms. If you're angry about something, you don't like how something's going, go protest, go vote. You're allowed to speak, as I mean, currently. You know, but go do something about it. You know, not violent. Don't encourage that. But I tell them, you can't just call all the Black Lives Matter all rioters because there are a lot of people there that were just protesting, you know? And so I won't blanket statement that at all. I won't. But I want the same courtesy also given to some of us that were there that were just protesting. But there is still for... At these Black Lives Matter protests and on January 6th, there are people who, I guess January 6th is a little bit different, but on for these for these protests where Black Lives Matter, for instance, in, in Portland, were throwing firebombs, mm. there were people who were providing cover, whether intentionally or not. And at a certain point, it's kind of like, if you're standing there and you're watching people throw firebombs at a building, mm. and you're like, well, I'm going to remain a part of whatever this is, like at a certain point, you are playing a role in that. Sure, sure. So I guess maybe the same thing extends to us as well. Like, you know, if we if we saw things and didn't leave, I mean, maybe that extends us as well, well you have to by think, that logic. Yep, yeah, I think so. Um, and I want to I want to draw the distinction between the people who were let in by cops and the people who were there watching the fighting or fighting themselves. Sure. The issue with that is I certainly don't think you, you should you deserve to be called an insurrectionist or be charged with felonies because other people were fighting. But you were part of a riot. The police have to deal with you as mm-hmm. much as they have to deal with people who are fighting. But the people who are fighting are the ones causing the problem. And then. You know, be it Black Lives Matter or January 6th, being part of this big crowd and coming in and coming out is straining the resources to try and stop the violence. Absolutely. And I think it's a, I don't know why they're putting so many resources towards it. I mean, there's plenty of other things that I think most people would rather have solved than a couple of people who are walking around taking selfies. Well, low-hanging fruit. You, you, you know, that, that photo of you is iconic. Yeah. Everybody's, everybody's seen it. And it's, you know, the look on your face is confidence. So for, for the left, they view you as this, this arrogant guy who is engaging in this behavior with no remorse. And on the right, they, they view it as defiance. Sure. Not to everybody. But so, you know, they, they have to strike at symbols. Sure, sure. And I think so, like it is biphasic. I mean, you can feel multiple emotions at the same time, you know. So there's part of me where it's like, holy cow, look where I am, you know. So a smile will... will definitely come from that where it's you're witnessing history and things are going crazy so maybe it's a nervous smile you know maybe it's anxious but at the same time i mean there's also fear that i'm feeling at the same time because where is our country going and what the heck is happening here so uh you somehow managed to uh you you got approval to come on the show is that what happened i did yeah um initially it was a no um i requested my po office Probably gonna get me in trouble. It's fine. I requested my uh, my PO office. Hey, I'd like to go uh, travel to do this podcast. It's you know I watch you guys all the time. I thought that'd be a really good experience. 
and uh, he seemed pretty cool with it up front. And uh, the reason I had to ask to travel is because uh, part of my restrictions uh, being on uh, probation or supervised release is I have to stay in the middle district of Florida. I can't leave that. I've been there for the past almost two years while I was under a uh, pretrial indictment. So the opportunity to travel is like, I really want to be able to do that again. Uh, so I contacted the PO. He's like, it shouldn't be a problem. Let me, let me run it up the ladder, you know, and we'll, you know, we'll talk about it. A couple of days pass, you know, it's like, why don't you, why don't you come in? And we'll have a conversation in person. So I come in for the conversation in person and um, it's, it's implied. And I don't want to throw it in the bus because these people are just doing their jobs and we can debate that later. But he, um, he's like, you know, we got some emails, we got some information that maybe it's not the best time you do that. You know, like uh, they said, you know, you can't make any money right now. This would, you would be profiting if you came like, oh no, I'm buying my own plane ticket. I'm renting my own car and get my own hotel. I mean, I won't even eat food from you guys because I just don't, I don't want anything, you know? Mm -hmm. And, uh, and he's like, well, the timing is also bad. You know, midterms are coming up, you know, you got to consider your wife's job. You got to consider, she may lose it if you get in the media again, you know, they'll write stories about you again. And, you know, the death threats will come. And I'm like, all those things are still happening. You know, doing this or not, I still get letters in the mail, you know, threatening my family. Uh, my wife still gets reviews from patients that are not her patients, giving her one star, messing with her credibility, you know, and the news is still writing stories about me. They put together a montage a couple of weeks ago of all of all the things I did in the Capitol, you know. So, I mean, nothing's really going to change except for maybe there'll be one extra story this week. I thought but for they, sure they, you walked out of there with the with the lectern. So yeah. it's nice to know you put it back down. I thought they just walked I mean, home with it or but, something. But that's the thing. A lot of people believe that you took it out. You, you, you left with it. Well, because people like Jimmy Kimmel came out and said, this guy stole a lectern. Yeah. Like, I how? That's interesting, too, because for all anyone knew, you could have just picked it up and then put it down, mm-hmm. like, which is essentially what you did. Uh, so they, they, they told you it was not a good idea or the outright said you can't do it. Um, it was a no up front. It was a no up front. Uh, we got a supervisor in the meeting cause I wasn't taking no for an answer because it's, it's a free speech issue. Right. I'm allowed to speak. There's nothing in the plea deal saying I can't speak. It just says I can't profit, yep. you know, for the next five years. So if I get a chance to speak, I'm going to speak. And it's not, it's not about money. It isn't. I mean, like if, if they wanted a lifetime plea deal where I couldn't make money, it's like, I'm not signing a life sentence with you people. It's not going to happen. So five years seems more adequate. We've got to talk down to five years, but it's not about the money. It's about being able to speak and tell people what happened. And for the life of me, we have all of these people who weren't there telling us what happened. Yeah. We don't hear from people who were actually there speaking about it. And I think we're doing a disservice to the American people by not asking people who actually saw things and were actually there. So then uh, initially it was a no, but then it turned into a yes somehow? It did. Um, I reached out to my attorneys, and uh, they are magicians. Within, wow. uh, within an hour of a phone call and conversation, I won't speak about who they talked to or what they said, I got an email saying, send me your travel itinerary. I kind of feel like the email was, if you don't let him speak, the story will be even bigger when you denied him the right to speak. I think it's definitely that because they had hinted, well, we'll take it before the judge, you know, a Pontius Pilate effort. It's like, we're not telling you no, but we're going to ask the judge if we can go. And, um, and I, again, I explained it to my attorneys and he's like, there's no way a judge is going to put his name on. You're not allowed to speak, yeah. you know, and that's kind of what we chatted about. And lo and behold, within an hour, I get an email. So here you are. And uh, how have how have things been since you mentioned you're still getting death threats? Mm-hmm. People are going after your wife and things like that. Mm-hmm. What's it like? I mean, you're in Florida, which I'm is in, good. Where the God King reigns. Yeah. <laughs> so how is it? What's what's been happening after you know since since then? Well, we live in the, we live in a pretty uh, red bubble, uh, where we stay. So 
I, I have a lot of local support, like a ton of local support. Do people do the wave to you when they see you? I It's constant. I have, I have a couple. <laughs> it's, I mean, people will take pictures with me. They want to buy me a drink or wow. they want to buy me a sandwich. You know, like, oh, you're a hero. You're a patron. Like, I moved furniture 20 yards and someone took a picture of it. You <laughs> Isn't know, that so. It's crazy how that, how that happens, though. It's like you. Uh, you you made a mistake mm-hmm. going in there. Obviously, obviously, you did relatively little, but it it's become such a powerful symbol for both the left and the right. Well, I think a lot of what I hear is people say, "I wish I was there with you." I'm glad you said something. I'm glad you did something. You know, I have people saying like, "I wish you would have taken the lectern and you know shoved it, you know, somewhere to the who owns it." And I'm like, "Well, no, <laughs> no, no, no. That's not good. Like, that's not how we win the culture war." We Agreed. have that's that's not the way forward. I mean, easily that that photo is is propaganda weaponry, mm-hmm. you know, and, and again, like you like Jimmy Kimmel, you stole it. Is that what yep. he Jimmy did? Kimmel came out and said, I uh, showed my picture that this guy stole a podium, you know, and it was like the day after. Or something. <laughs> and it was a lectern and it was a lectern. Wrong. I know sources, buddy. This, this, this is the thing I often talk about with uh, the summer of love. Black Lives Matter had net support of like 52%. It, mm-hmm. it was ridiculous. The overwhelming majority of this country was like, yeah, Black Lives Matter is good. Then the riots happened and it tanked. The The support for Black Lives Matter dropped lower after the after the riots than it had been in the lead up to George Floyd's death. When George Floyd died, Black Lives Matter support skyrocketed. Mm-hmm. And then the riots happened and they, they lost like a year of PR gains and yeah. they've not since recovered. Could have become a political party instead, but they, it, it, oh, instead yeah. of rioting, they should have become a political and now party. And it's, now it's rife with scandals and weird money stories and everything. <laughs> they, they, they imploded over that stuff. Nothing's going to come of that. And so, so I mean, here's the, it's, it, I'll call this like a, a warning as well as a, as a point about how people behave. When uh, I, I've been reading about, obviously I read about Civil War all the time because I won't shut up about it, right? And I was, I was thinking recently that it's not a civil war because civil war implies two organized factions in some capacity fighting. And I would say, OK, if you're talking about information warfare and political civil war, definitely. But if we're talking about will this lead to states seceding and fighting? Maybe. But I want I said I wanted to revise that because it may actually be more revolutionary. You know, James Lindsay mentioned that we're in some kind of revolution. You take a look at the splitting factions within law enforcement and the federal government. And then I started reading about, uh, you know, more about Weimar Germany, because I've, I've read a little bit, and uh, I've read it before about the Beer Hall push, which is, you know, Hitler went into the Munich Beer Hall and then, like, you know, fires a gun in the air and is like, we're taking over! And then they come and arrest him. <laughs> I think some people died. And then he goes to jail. I think he got, like, a five-year sentence, served, like, eight months, dictated Mein Kampf. Then he gets out, and then what do they do? Run for office. So I'll put it this way. That's a warning and also a point. The violence didn't work. What worked is winning hearts and minds and then going and running in politics. The scary thing is a very awful and evil psychotic person used that to try and gain power. Now, it's a bit different with Soviet Russia, a bunch of crazy people, but that's the left, the communist stuff. They go out and get violent and then they're allowed to do it. What did, what did James Lindsay call it? Uh, something tolerance? Repressive tolerance. Repressive tolerance. Yeah, sorry. So I wonder if we're heading towards... Uh, it is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Revolutionary period. 
you know i mean i i want to be as white-pilled as possible i'm watching primaries which i just voted in my first primary ever i am no longer a registered independent i am a registered republican i am proud of it because i think that we need to make a change i do i just voted my first primary and i want to be white-pilled and I'm watching what's happening, and I think I think it might actually work. I think we might actually be able to win the culture, and I'm hoping we do. My fear is that the pendulum has already been set in motion, and it's the stop. I don't know where the stop point's going to be. I don't. You know, with uh, Carrie Lake winning, and it was a it was a nail biter because like the night before, it looked like she was down a little bit, and mm-hmm. everyone was like, "No way!" And the yeah. next day, she swept she swept every county, and it's like, "Oh, okay, there it is. That's what everyone expected to have, and she won." Then Hageman won, Joe Kent won, mm-hmm. and we're seeing you know a bunch of primaries where America First populist types are actually winning, and it's like now more than ever is is the, is the time to tell everybody like dude back away from the violence. You're winning, you're winning on these fronts. Mm-hmm. Now's the time to go out, rally your friends, go vote because you are winning. Yeah, you know? I sense like it's a global revolution is kind of what we're in the middle of right now. Mm-hmm. It's a conscious. It, when I started YouTube in 2006, my channel said a revolution of the mind. I found out years later that's what Mao called his cultural revolution, <laughs> revolution Oops. of the mind. Oops. And I'm glad I got away from that leftism cult mindset because I was really like family is whatever your family is, whatever you want it to be, kind of weird, you know, mm-hmm. like going that postmodernist route. Um, but I definitely think because of the internet or along with the internet, people around earth are realizing that they're under a boot of totalitarianism. A lot of people are and they want out. They mm-hmm. like American republicanism. They love the idea of free speech and yeah. second amendment rights. A lot of, and a lot of people are able to communicate with, through their governments without their government intervention and are kind of, there's a desire for a new world order. I mean, it's very obvious that mm-hmm. the old liberal economic order is is faltering. Yeah, but I, th- I think we, both factions have their own desire for a different type of new world order that fits their own ideologies. And I think that's where we are right now. Yeah, there's yeah, at least two. There's so many mm-hmm. different the, 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 ideas the, of how it could come. There's there's three. There's the liberal international economy, mm-hmm. and that's the powerful elites, the the banking cartels, the IMF, you know, swift payment systems. Bank for international stuff. settlements. That's then, the brain. Yeah. Then there's the left, and they want a socialist utopian revolution, worker rights. And then there's the right. They want a, a national, uh, you know, reemergence, nationalist reemergence of sovereign mm-hmm. nations that have international treaties and ties and things like that. One of those sounds like a good time. I, yeah. You know, my attitude is like, hey, I like the idea of... Um, Global governance via treaty, mm-hmm. meaning like no um, council of elites who can strip your rights from you, but um, potentially a world court is preferable to world war. Sure. But that would mean that within the borders of a country that they have no authority. It is only outside the borders between countries where they would they would they would intervene in any capacity. I love it. It's an extension of federalism, United States federalism. It's 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 got to be. I mean, it makes so much sense that the sort world of. would adopt that. The federal government has the ability in the United States to go to states and enforce law. I'm saying not that. I'm saying there would be no global court that could go into Illinois and arrest someone for an international thing. It would be, it would be up to the country to actually go and do it. But if there was an issue of like a U.S. plane flying over to another country and then doing something, that's when a world court would intervene and be like, we're going to stop this and not allow it. So it would only be an, a direct international matters. And, and my, my point there is like, for one, maybe maybe it needs some thinking and maybe there's, there's an argument and debates to be made over it. But I'm kind of like, hey, how do you stop world war? How do you stop people from blowing each other up? <laughs> well, I don't want anybody coming to America and being like, you can't do this. You can't do that. No, we're our country. We have our borders. We will function the way we deem is right for us. You go do your thing. 
instead of us going and bombing each other, maybe there is a mediation system in world court that will. Uh, the, you know, one of the mediation systems that's being pushed is um, this, uh, what do you call it, uh, social credit score. Mm. They, they think that if you can like, get people to self-censor and kind of control people's money, mm-hmm. that then you will pacify them. But you know, pacification often in times means like destruction and death of people when mm-hmm. they're like, we're going to pacify the population. That's very nice because pacifists don't want war. But in reality, when you see what happens when someone pacifies a country is oftentimes bombs are being dropped. The military is no longer able to fight back kind of. I don't want that. And I don't like the social credit score stuff. I don't oh, like it. But I feel like we're doing it to ourselves with upvotes and downvotes on social yeah. media and likes mm-hmm. and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yep. Let's jump to the story. Let's, uh, we'll shift here. From the Daily Mail, Democrats' civil war over student loans explodes. Biden is blasted, is out of touch, and told he is punishing those without a degree by his own party, as new projections say it will cost Americans $500 billion. This is um, maybe a white pill moment. Joe Biden wanted to pander to progressives. The problem is the Democratic Party is split between the establishment moderate types and the far left. Joe Biden can't win. He goes and says, okay, fine, I'll give you some student loan forgiveness, which he doesn't really have the authority. I don't believe he has the authority to actually do this. It's a matter for Congress. And then they're trying to claim he's got an emergency ability to do it. The left says, it's not enough. What is this? You know, they're happy with some of it, but it's, it's not enough. The Democrats are now coming after him being like, you are giving money to, to the highest income earners in this country. It's an insult to taxpayers. It's an insult to the working class. And it's mm-hmm. an insult to those who did not take out loans because they received no benefit. Yeah. And the Republicans are sitting there going, uh-huh. Exactly. So this sounds like the Democrats are going to get crushed come November. They were looking good in, some, mm-hmm. in, in that New York 19 special election. Then Biden comes out and does this. The left, they don't like Joe Biden. Leftists do not like Joe Biden. He's not going to win them over. All he's doing is pissing off the swing districts. That to me is crazy. But it sounds like the way things are going. uh, Republican sweep. I don't like how they phrase this article here. Democrats civil war. I don't like that they're softening that term civil war. I feel like we're doing a real disservice to our species if we do that because civil war is not a good thing, even in metaphor. Well, they're just conditioning you to hear the word civil more and more. So Mm -hmm. when it starts happening, you know, it's like, oh, it's been around for a while. We've been in it for a little bit, you know. Secondly, I just posted on Twitter earlier, I'm having issues with this loan repayment thing because I have, I'm in this bracket under $100,000 salary. It's like $100,000 salary, mm-hmm. uh, $25,000 in student loans, probably 8,000 of it or 10,000 of it is interest unpaid that's accrued over the last 20 years. I'm not comfortable taking this money if they're going to print it from the federal. I'm not, I will not take this money if they print it from the federal reserve. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Do you have to apply for it? I don't know. There's because- a website I heard that's already down. That's already down. Yeah, that yeah. sounds right. Yeah. I'm hopping out of this. I'm not going to do this to my fellow Americans, man. They do this not is, deserve to pay my bill. It's insane. This is the craziest thing, too. It's like um, a bunch of conservatives are coming out saying, like, this is wrong. Student student debt forgiveness is wrong. And then the left is responding by showing screenshots of them having accepted PPP loans. Mm-hmm. I think it's weird that they took PPP loans. I got to be honest. Yeah, I know there was a reason to do it. There was market stagnation and, you know, people didn't want to go under. Mm-hmm. But I kind of look at some of these companies and I'm like, oh, these companies make a lot of money. Did they really need it? Because I'll tell you this, Timcast did not. Neither take, did Daily Wire. Yeah, yeah. take any of that code. Daily Wire didn't do it. They did not, no. And really? In fact, they were circulating a screenshot of a guy named Ben Shapiro far and wide saying, look at this, the Daily Wire took PPP funds. They never did. The Daily Wire made a point of never taking yep. any PPP loans. In fact, if you like look at the full screenshot of this Ben Shapiro, he's actually a real estate agent. So like, no, I didn't do that. He's a real estate agent. Yeah, exactly. It's like not They're the just lying. Guy. They're lying. Yeah. Tim Cast, uh, I will say this. I outright was like, no way. I'm not going anywhere Heck near that. No. You know why? 
Because I knew it's like, for one, it's it's all publicly available information. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I don't want that money. I don't need that money. I would rather take the hit and then dip into the red and have to go into our rainy day funds or whatever. Then accept, you know, the, these PPP loans or whatever. It's because they're printing it. They're 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 devaluing our currency by doing it. If they were like going to the, the loan companies and saying, okay, you're not getting your usurious inc- interest back because it was unethical in the first place. That I'd be fine with. Then I'm like, yeah, let's erase what they think they deserve. But I'm not going to tax the, the citizens by printing more. That's crazy. Well, intuition's just going to go up more. Yeah. That's like, how this works. There's a meme where it's... Uh, it's, it's, it's that meme of the guy and he's like looking all happy and it says when they forgive 10K in student loan debt and the next one is him looking shocked and it says when your tuition goes up 10K next yep. year. Yep. Dude, if, you know, so Biden apparently is saying like we got to make sure they can't raise tuition, but you can't. can't. Like what can you really do? And if you're, if, 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 if I'm a business and I sell, you know, I don't know, UFOs or whatever. And the guy, oh no, how about this? I have a business. We sell memberships over at timcast.com. <laughs> Sign if up the, today. If the government came out and said they were going, they were going to cover $10 of everyone's memberships, if they had one, I'd be like, oh, it's $20 now. Of course. <laughs> what happened? I mean, honestly, I wouldn't do that, but that's kind of the idea of any business. They'd be like, okay. Because for the average person, they're not getting hurt because the government's subsidizing it. It's, it is hurting everybody because it's stripping money from everybody to pay for a few. Yep. But, you know. And there's also that argument, I mean, what about the people who already paid off their student loans? We have, uh, have $170,000 left from my wife's students' loans, and we've been paying them now for uh, 12 years. You know, and even if the money were offered to us, we're not in the bracket or whatever, but even the money were offered to us, like, I would take it because I know where it's, it's going to be paid from. And we keep bankrupting. We have, we have kids. I'm, I don't want to leave my kids more debt than what we started with. Yeah. And it's not going to be the last time they do this. So is it, is it a one-time thing? How many times are you going to forgive $10,000? They How also, much more money? They did this thing where there's a there's like a 10% cap and they're, they're getting, they're, this is a major move towards outright free, free college. What they're saying is already, I think, after 20 years, the loans dissolve and are forgiven or something like that. Mm-hmm. And then they're saying there's a max cap of like 10% of your income can be paid towards it. Now they've reduced it to 5%. I could be getting that wrong. It's something like that. It's on, it's on their website. And so already they're basically eliminating people's student loan, loan debt. Look, on paper, I'm totally in favor of debt forgiveness. And um, I just think that if you're going to go for student loans, let's start with mortgages too. Let's like, let's, 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 you know, alleviate debt for a lot of people. Trade school. Trade school, whatever, whatever your debt may be. And um, here's my, here's, here's the way I see it. All right, you want to give everybody 10K for their student loans? Everyone else gets a 10K tax credit. Hmm. Everyone. Yeah. Every, you can't discriminate for this. But I will say the way they're going about it is wrong. What I would say is interest payments should be forgiven because interest is where it's like people pay. People, someone t- t- takes out a $50,000 loan. And then 10 years later, they're like, I've paid $70,000 back in 030. And it's like, what? Like, how does that make sense? You're, you're, you've given way more than inflation and principal. I think people have to pay back their principles. Mm-hmm. You don't get free money. There should be some interest for inflation, but not this insane compounding BS. And uh, that's a, a place to start. However, the real place you start is ending the loan system. Mm. Just mm. shutting it down. None of that. But I, I don't know. I, 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 I do want to say the main point of this is not to talk about student loans. to talk about Republicans winning in November. Because if everyone's getting pissed off about this. Well, how much of this is just a bribe, too? Like 10000 is not the 50000 they promised. Maybe it's just like, a, well, we got to do something. How much of it is just a bribe for voters? Well, if he was smart, Biden, he'd say, we're going to give out, I'm going to sign an order, $10,000. And then, you know, when, when next Congress, you know, we're going to come together and, 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 and figure out how to do fifty. 
<laughs> if the Democrats win. <laughs> and then people are going to be like, there's the bribe. And that's like, that's the smart way to go about doing it. Maybe, maybe he'll come out and say it and say, I know people are unhappy. Think 10, 10 wasn't enough. In the next session of Congress, they can approve more or something like that. And that's where, as the dealer, you give them a little taste, get them all excited, and then say, you want more? Now you got to pay. And that would be in the form of, hey, vote for us. So there's that famous quote by that dude. I can't remember his last name. is like Tocqueville or something. And he said, the American Republic will persist until Congress learns that it can bribe the American people with their own money. Yep. And that's where we're headed. Dare we say Biden is maybe revealing a pattern. One might even think he might not be a great father or grandfather. Maybe he tries to solve whoa, problems whoa. by throwing money <laughs> over the line. <laughs> over. I'm, I'm basing this on nothing. I just yeah, I get know. the feeling. <laughs> I'm looking at the, the fruit of the tree. Yep, His kids yep. turned out fine. Yeah, yeah, you know, I, I just I see a pattern. Maybe if we connect some dots, I don't know. I don't know. I think I think questioning uh, Joe uh, Joe Biden's uh, parental abilities is, is is a step over the line, George. And um, we we here at Timcast <laughs> do not tolerate the besmirching of such an honorable man. Well, perhaps he should throw me some money to keep oh, my mouth shut. Mean. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I mean, really, this does no, uh, no, this does no, frighten no. me as a person who's just watching. If if their solution, and I'll throw this at the whole Democrat Party, whatever. If your solution is to throw money at a problem instead of looking at the root of the problem and trying to solve, for instance, a lot of people are accepted into college who maybe, I, I dare to say this, they don't belong there. Mm. And they there's this whole industry of just putting butts in seats because it makes the colleges look like there's they're this exploding business. There's lots of people going to school. You get a lot of crap degrees that mean basically nothing, flooding the market with people, uh, a labor force who really don't deserve to have these degrees, I dare to say. So they just kind of fail their way through college. They accept loans from whatever people are going to give you. I don't know. I'm going to give you a loan and you're going to pay me this much in interest in a few years. They can't pay it because they can't find work. Mm. Inflation's happening. So now those loans are basically, I, I don't know what's happening to the value of the loan, but you still have to pay the interest. We, the taxpayers, are going to be left with the bill anyway. Maybe that was the plan from the beginning. But it, it, there's this this fake industry of, uh, I'm a college dropout, so I'm biased, but I don't believe in this idea of, I own a piece of paper that says I'm qualified. Therefore, you should hire me as opposed to I'm just a hardworking person. Hey, maybe apprentice me, mm. hire me for a few years mm -hmm. and but then I'll be qualified. It's not even that. I mean, look, man, if uh, I, I said we need to commission some art and then, you know, uh, Adam comes over here and he says, I have an art degree. I'd be like, that's great. Where's the I, art? I, yeah, where's the <laughs> art? And you'd be like, well, I don't have any, but I have a degree that that shows you that I know how to do it. And then, you know, George comes over here and he's like, here's a picture of my art. Who am I going to hire? The artist. The guy who has a picture. I'm like, yeah. I like how that looks. Yes. Make me one of those. Yeah. Not the guy who's got a piece of paper and a degree. And who paid tens of thousands of dollars to have that piece of paper, which doesn't necessarily prove that you're able to do any of this stuff, which is, I think we're being sold, our generation especially, was sold this idea of you have to go to college in order to get a job. Yes, absolutely. But well, the employers were convinced that there was value to that piece of paper. Yeah. Leaving well, people like, I'm sorry, I, I'm a little bitter about it. <laughs> Leaving yeah. people like me who I think, you know, I was very hardworking and stuff and I really wanted to do what I did, you know, comics and stuff. But I don't think a lot of places even considered me um, when I was, you know, s sending my CV to people. They didn't even consider me as a candidate. It's also made a high school diploma worthless. Yeah. Yeah. So a lot of kids are, 
you know, they're pretty much decided by ninth or 10th grade if they're going to college or not. You know, and they kind of check. I mean, I know, I know I was that way when I grew up. Um, I was in high school, didn't really have a lot of interest in going to college. So I kind of just played video games and hung out, mm-hmm. you know. And now having kids, you know, there's that social pressure of like, I have to go to college because I want my kids to go to college. And I know it's just it's social engineering and I'm, I'm supposed to want to do that because good fathers do that. They make sure their sons have good degrees and they can take care of their kids. Yeah, I, I have to agree with George. I think that this is fully systemic and I think it stems from the problem of encouraging kids. I think the reason we have so much under underwater basket weaving and so much student loan debt right now is because kids have been told that college is the only way to go. This is what you're supposed to do. Exactly, exactly. And then they're told this is the way you're supposed to earn money. Yeah. And for a certain time, so people people got their connection backwards. This is a little bit like the self-esteem issue that I talk about sometimes. They thought that people who got college degrees earned more money because they were more committed to their job because their degree. It was sure. like a big blob. It was very important that all these things went together. The fact of the matter was that the people who were super committed would be the ones who would end up going to college for that specialty and then who would end end up going into that profession and being really focused and really talented what they were doing. Well, high school doesn't really specialize you or set you up to go into college. Right. Right, that too. It trains you to go to college. It trains you to go to, teaches you how to school, right? But anyone who's got an associate's degree will tell you the first two years of college are the last two years of high school, you know? But again, the high school diploma is meaningless now. So maybe a solution is to make high school meaningful. These kids after ninth or 10th grade could be taking a two-year apprenticeship program and be coming out as a plumber's assistant or an electrician assistant. We We can make meaningful uh, solutions with public high school. 100%. I just don't see that. I don't see the desire for them to do that because they want you to go to college. No, and the scary thing is that I see this pattern for the past few years, but it's been happening for a long time of borrowing from the future mm. so we can pay the bills of today. Mm. Our kids are going to inherit this. I don't even know what to call it. Someone's going to pay this bill. It's, it's maybe going to be us in 10, 20 years. I don't know. Maybe they're going to try to sell Alaska to somebody or something. <laughs> to pay this one. That'll be fun. But where is this money going to come from? Well, they when... could just print more. Have we tried that? Oh, we oh, have You're tried right. That. Just print more. Let's, let's do that. Yeah, they did try that. No, no. Wasn't it, uh, years. wasn't it March of 2020 that fractional reserve banking ended and it went infinite reserve? Yeah, you can print. they can print Unlimited. as much as they want now. That's fine. So it could go wrong. It yeah. used to be Sounds that fantastic. You, could, you could issue a loan creating money up to was it 90 percent of yeah. your holding yeah. and then tenths. yeah the way it would work is like i put a hundred dollars in bank of ian ian then issues a loan for 90 dollars to george but he still has the hundred the 90 dollars is created upon issuance of the loan then george gives me the 90 and then i create you know well, uh, and the, well george then can take that 90 that so tim you give me 100 i have 100 i can give you 90 i keep my 100 you take you keep your 90 but you can loan out 81 to someone else they can keep their 81 but they can loan out 73 no, to no, someone exactly. else he then deposits in another bank and then issue another loan but no it's crazy than that scheme, yeah. it, it's crazy yeah. than that in oh, yeah. march of 2020 they basically said you don't need reserves anymore I can, loan, you, I can loan you 10 million. You can loan 10 million of that. I wonder if you can loan 11 million of your 10 million. Banks to can just literally snap their fingers and write money to any, it's, anybody it's they want. It's a game of hot potato. Someone's going yeah. to be left holding it mm-hmm. or musical chairs or whatever. It's, Some, it's, it's sort of, but it's a game of hot potato that like, while the hot potato game is playing, mm-hmm. someone is ta- like, they're, they're, they're juggling a bunch of potatoes and then the rich people are like chucking the potatoes into a box behind them when no one's looking. And then they're like, okay, guys, I'm leaving. You keep playing the game. I don't want, and then they walk away with a box full of potatoes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's going to be a silly poor that end up paying it. I mean, oh, it, yeah. I, I definitely think it's going to go down to a two class system. The middle class continues to shrink. And I think 
what they're afraid of is generational wealth, right? It's very difficult to amass generational wealth to set yourself up. And I think the problem is with generational wealth is that you eventually start gaining power and influence. And the less people that can have power and influence, the less we can change the system. I just, uh, I just saw that PayPal is changing their terms of service so that I, soon, like within a month, you're not going to be able to send money to an offshore uh, business and an offshore business is not going to be able to send money to your personal PayPal account. So that makes me think that they're, they're trying to stop people from using offshore banks. Yeah, I got a notification on uh, some one of my things of they're trying to do anti-money laundering stuff. They're really pushing this, which I think is the funniest thing in the world because they're allowed to money launder. I'm, I'm, not gonna, I'm not saying anything. Interesting. Somebody's money laundering, let's, but let's, we're not allowed to. I just keep buying I don't crypto. want to, by the way. I'm, I'm already in so deep. <laughs> well, the Federal Reserve is, I, I mean, they work fantastic. with the bank for the Swedish, the Swiss bank for international, Swedish, so the Swiss I'll, bank for international settlements. You want to know what I think? I think, I think Davos group, I think the World Economic Forum, they want crypto. Like oh, a new world currency. Well, well it's, it's, Bitcoin is fully trackable. And uh, with, with the right AI, you can see who is doing what, where, when, and how, or, and, and you can even infer as to why. And uh, they're, they're, they're all big fans of it. A lot of these global elites. I mean, BlackRock, didn't they just buy a bunch of Bitcoin? I don't know. I was going to say, I read an article by reading an article, and I read a headline that said yeah. Yeah, <laughs> that BlackRock had bought into crypto. <laughs> yeah. they, these institutions keep coming out, and they say things like, don't, don't buy crypto. And then people panic, and they sell it all to them, to these institutions. There are hedge funds also that... Um, a couple of them I read last year that were actually telling people with bigger portfolios to make sure you start buying crypto now. Yep. And it was a couple of big hedge funds uh, that's just so, about. 2019, BlackRock, this is from Investopedia, BlackRock rips Bitcoin, uh, colon, buy crypto only if you're ready for complete losses, which is the quote. And then from two weeks ago, BlackRock announces new Bitcoin trust. <laughs> that's the game. Yep. They want you to sell it at dirt so they can buy it up. Mm -hmm. Now, I'm not telling you what to buy. I'm just telling you, I've got crypto and I ain't selling it. I'm holding on to it because um, it's got its functions, it's got its purposes. I have a couple different ones, but I I, I think it's gonna. Uh, I don't have Bitcoin because I think it's gonna be worth millions of dollars. I do think it's gonna be worth millions of dollars. I have it because I think it's going to become a principal utility in the future. It's going to become substantially more widespread in use, and I think the the global elites are very very interested in trackable digital currencies. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Let's jump to this next story. And uh, this one's this so one's interesting. this one's very interesting. Yeah, from Politico, Trump White House exerted pressure on FDA for COVID nineteen emergency use authorizations. House report finds the report by House Democrats examining the pandemic says Trump officials sought vaccine approvals to sway voters before the twenty twenty election. Duh, isn't that a good thing? Hmm. Is that is that is that? Well, I don't understand. This is so interesting. They're they're starting to attack Trump because he got the vaccines out. I that was like the good thing Trump did. I can't believe Trump did this to us. Right. You know what? Um, I'm changing my opinion on him right now. Yeah. Here we go. Last night we had James Lindsay on, and on the after show we talked about the Galian dialectic. And I was like, what's a dialectic? A dialectic is when you create an opposition to what you're doing so that you can create a conflict which will get a new thing that you want. Yep. I can guess so what this is. This, now they're creating a dialectic. Now they're, now the, what they're expecting is information is going to come out. Oh, I got damaged by the vac. Oh, vaccines hurt me. Oh, vaccine. Now they're trying to be like, okay, here's the come, going to come the thing to be a push against this Trump so that we're going to get our outcome. Maybe, maybe. I, I don't, so. I don't know. I and, do and, know. And James was like, I was like, how do you stop that from, how do you defeat the dialectic? He's like, well, you expose it. It's like a magic trick. Mm. If you show people how to do the magic trick before you show them the trick. But, but, but hold on. I don't know if I agree with that. Um, I know there's a lot of people that are not fans of the vaccine. Trump got booed himself. Mm -hmm. YouTube recently removed the rule, and I don't know when, but probably in the past couple of weeks, 
It used to be that YouTube said you could not make claims say, uh, saying that, uh, uh, how do I phrase this? You, you could not issue claims that the, that the vaccine did not prevent or, or play a role in the prevention of, of COVID. It's like, that's a very weird legal language. That's gone now. Now you can't claim that the vaccine doesn't prevent serious illness or death. It's like, it's weirdly phrased. But basically, you can now claim, I guess, on YouTube, the vaccine does not stop the inf- infection of COVID or something like that. The rules have changed. Here's the crazy thing. YouTube's rules used to say that you couldn't claim masks cause brain damage. They removed that. Really? I mean, that's weird. Like, wh- like what? Like, I don't yeah, think it does. Weird. But you're allowed to claim it? As and, in, and, like, and it also- stops oxygen? That, that, that was actually one of the rules. The, the rule used to be that you couldn't claim masks reduced your oxygen level. Hmm. Now you can. Cl- they, they removed that rule against it. They also removed the rule. They said you could not claim masks cause lung cancer. They removed that rule. Wow. And that's weird. What Yo, is happening? I'm sorry. I just got to say, I'm not a doctor or anything, but I'm pretty sure masks don't cause lung cancer. I don't think so. Yeah. I mean, I see a lot of people wearing masks alone in a car, and I could see a correlate of brain damage with that. <laughs> I see what you're saying. But yeah. oh, look, look, look. You know, here, here's what Correlation I want to say. Correlation is not causation. <laughs> that's right. Here's True. what I want to say about all of this. YouTube clearly has no idea what they're talking about. And I, I don't think, I think everybody should be very careful about talking to politicians and pundits about their health care. I think Fauci, yeah, he was a doctor 30 years ago. He's a doctor by, by, by title now. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I wouldn't take advice from TV doctors like Fauci, from politicians. Find a, me- a medical professional you trust. And I, and I, I always bring this up because people are like, oh, but doctors are wrong or bad. And it's like, bro, Joe Rogan had a doctor. I had a doctor like they did not, you know, take the, the route you assume the, the, every doctor will take for you. But just make sure you trust the person you're talking there, to. Multiple yeah. doctors. You don't just go to the doctor because right. that's Second the thing. doctor. You got to yeah, like, like seek people out, look for intelligence, mm-hmm. listen to people and listen to many, many people. If you went to a doctor and you were like, Doc, I got a I got a bum knee. And you went, well, time to amputate. Ah. You'd be like, no, I'm going to leave. But but here's what I want to get to. You mentioned that the, you know, the Hegelian dialectic, like maybe they're now teeing it up for people to make claims about vaccines causing injuries and things like that. Not so fast. Nate Silver responded with liberal elites pressured Pfizer to delay vaccine until after that the 2020 so election. so interesting too. This is really weird. Okay. I, I, I like to pride myself on, you know, why would someone say a thing? And then, you know, I, I have a thought or an idea. Not always right, but I'm, I'm like, here's, my, here's what I think. I, I have no idea what they're doing. Nate Silver coming out smearing liberal elites saying they pressured Pfizer to delay the vaccine until after the election. Like that's really, really bad for them. Democrats came out and said Trump was trying to rush the vaccine before the election. I don't know where this is going. I, I heard a theory. I don't remember where I heard this from. So you guys are welcome to correct me in the chat. And then you add him. Sorry, I just got to squeeze this in there because I heard a theory that they're starting to realize that things are going to start coming out. People are going to start filing lawsuits maybe against Pfizer. I don't even know how that works. And they, they're but, trying to get ahead of but it. I, but I'm addressing that. This right. is the opposite of that. Nate Silver is coming out and attacking liberal elites for delaying the vaccine. He's saying it's their fault, not his fault. But, but it's an inversion. It's the Democrats tried stopping the vaccine. They're bad guys. This that's what he, that, that's, that's what I'm saying. I, 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 I understand. Last night when we were talking about it, we're like, 
Obviously, there's a lot of stories and claims about vaccine injuries. Here's my here's my view on this. We had on the Surgeon General from Florida, and even he, you know, I don't, I don't want to put words in his mouth, but the, the, the idea seems to be, look, man, if you give 200 million people four shots, like there's a propensity for injury. These things do happen. Right. And we need to be careful that we're not looking at a scale issue as opposed to a frequency issue. Is it an issue that, you know, X causes Y amount of injuries, or is it X, you know, causes like... Is an issue that if a million people, 1% seems like a lot, as opposed to 1% of 100 seems like very, very little. That's why I'm just like, I'm not going to pretend to be an, an expert on this one, and I really want to avoid the partisanship. My whole point here is last night in the member section, we were talking about how they're starting to turn on the vaccine. Like, this is, this is, this is the narrative now. All of a sudden, they're like, it's a bad thing Trump got it out. And I saw that, and, and we talked about it. Like, if they start turning on it in the next couple of years, they're going to say it's all Trump's fault. But then Nate Silver comes out. What is it? This is t- this is today. Yeah, he tweeted about it. And he's it. saying liberal elites tried blocking the vaccine. It's very simple. When the narrative starts changing, all you have to do is share that gif of or gif of Stephen Colbert dancing with the vaccines. Oh, yeah. That's right. all you have to do. do no, don't you? I remember. <laughs> but that's why I'm not convinced it's it's changing. I don't know why the Democrats issued, issued this report. If Nate Silver is going to come out, you know, we went on TV or something and then actually use that against Democrats, that's going to that, that's going to help swing states vote Republican or swing districts. I, this is also assuming that liberal elites are Democrats. They might not even be American. Well, he's talking about Democrats because they issued this report where they're going after Trump. But my, my point is, you're a swing district, right? These are not diehard Trumpers. We go down to Loudoun County, for instance, and there's a lot of people who are like leaning conservative, but they don't like Trump. They don't like MAGA and stuff like that. Democrats are trying to bank on that and get those voters. If Nate Silver is coming out now and saying this and using their own report against them, those moderate right-leaning individuals are going to be, they like the vaccine. They're going to be mad at Democrats for, I mean, this is this is a weapon for Republicans in swing districts to come out and be like, Democrats delayed this. Mm-hmm. They made the, the pandemic worse. That's basically what Nate Silver is saying. I even think like, so even Fauci retiring, there are a lot of things related to this. I think the ship is sinking. I, I, Lydia's point was the point I was going to make is I think a lot of things are sinking and falling apart and someone's going to be left holding the bag. And at this point, I think people are like, it wasn't me though. I was not on that ship. I didn't agree with that. Mm. Look at, look at this right here. Quote, Trump pushed for the vaccine approvals too fast is the worst possible critique of the Trump administration's COVID policy. Silver, founder of 538, uh, uh, tweeted. He then said, that probably saved a lot of lives. If anything, approval should have been faster. Mm. In a subsequent tweet, he wrote, liberal public health elites pushed Pfizer to change its original protocols that govern its authorization of vaccines so that the decision would be put off until after Election Day two years ago. That is a brutal condemnation of the Democratic establishment that they would let you die to beat Donald Trump. Nate Silver is tweeting that out. Does that surprise anyone, though? What, what surprises me is that the Democrats came out with a report claiming Donald Trump was rushing unproved treatments and the vaccine as if it was a negative, instantly having that weaponized against them to show that Democrats were willing to let people die during a pandemic because they hated Trump that much. Well, we saw, this is yeah. I don't this is weird. Oh, well, we saw what happened with Cuomo, New York. Mm-hmm. No, man. And not, I won't, I won't dive too deep in that. But what, I mean, uh, Gretchen Whitmer, Gretchen yeah. Whitmer, Newsome. same thing. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, oh, uh, Dr. Dr. Levine. Yeah, Dr. Yep. Levine. Yep. Always has been like they don't care about you. Mm-hmm. And I think it's it's like going after uh, it's, it's an abusive relationship, right? It's the uh, it's the I deserve to be hit. 
you know like that's how these people are living they're broken they think they deserve whatever it is they're getting and you know it's going to get better one day if i just keep coming home and you know dinner will be better next time mandatory mm -hmm. basic training for all americans at age 18 done there you go, there you go. well like exercise yeah, well, you got to fix their diet, too. Yeah. Make sure they Ian, eat healthy. That. You guys know what basic training is, right? Military. Talking about military? Yeah. yeah. Like boot camp? Yeah. I was kidding, though, but... You know. <laughs> what I mean? Well, <laughs> I am afraid. That's all I know. <laughs> How many <laughs> vaccines should I have now? <laughs> Probably eight. Uh, I'm actually think, double vaccinated. I think the current oh, nice. CDC I think it's, schedule is 14 or something. I think it's... Gosh, no, I think it's kids. I think it's five for COVID now. Five, five total? Mm -hmm. I, I could be wrong because it's two for the initial, and then they've got three boosters now, I think. I know there were two boosters, and I, th I think they came out a couple weeks ago and asked for a third one. Yeah, I think the, the new one is because the, the, it's for uh, uh, Omicron. or No, no, no. It's the, the new variant is something else. G? Something else. I believe. Two, <laughs> seven. It's actually called Ligma. <laughs> oh, no. Okay. Thank you. Uh, no, it's not. <laughs> no, it's yeah, not. I see what you're doing. <laughs> he thought he was going to get no? us. I like no, how no, you, you no. pointed out that they don't <laughs> care. You say, like, the leadership doesn't care about you or me. It's And, and I, I kind of believe that because they don't know who you are, They and they're just looking at spreadsheets of numbers. I have seven. 150,000 constituents, 26% mm -hmm. of 26,000 have cancer, 170,000 are obese, and they've got these numbers and they're trying to like move puzzle pieces around. If I do a vaccine that prevents 36% and I do it to this percentage of the population, they have no, and that's not how medicine functions. Realistically, that's why they're looking at 3D printing medicine individually tailored to the individual. I think that's the future of medical practice in a lot of we, ways. We, we were talking about the other day how... It wasn't until like 1993, clinical trials had to include females separate. Mm, yeah. So it used to be that they would take uh, men, give them a drug, see what happened, and then said, there you go, women by body weight. And exactly. then eventually people were like, hey, you know, like women have different hormones and different body structures, and mm -hmm. these drugs aren't working the same way. So we started to discover that painkillers, for instance, weren't working on women. They would, you know, the, the painkillers we would give to men would work. They'd give the same ones to women and women would complain and the doctors would be like, ah, they're just whiny women, you know? And in reality, it's like, hey, wait a minute. It's the, not working. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so then I think it was in 1993, they were like, we need to have separate separate clinical trials for male and female. And that's kind of amazing. And, and now that's probably going to go away because of weird. Yeah. How you know, do they know what's a female though? Yeah, exactly. Well, uh, actually, we have a, a story addressing that. Check this out. Oh, cool. This is from NBC News. Gender dysphoria is now covered by disability law, federal court rules. Good, 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 good. The ruling could become a powerful tool to challenge legislation restricting access to medical care and other accommodations for trans people, advocates say. And this, uh, this pertains to the Fourth Circuit Court, which is Maryland, North Carolina, South Carolina, Virginia, and West Virginia, but will ine inevitably be cited in cases in other states. Now, obviously, this will go to the Supreme Court. Oh, it's going to sure. be appealed. The story has to do with um, prison inmates. Uh, uh, I believe this was a transgender. Uh, here we go. They say the decision came in the case of a transgender woman who sued the Fairfax County Sheriff in Virginia for housing her in a jail with men. The decision is not limited to transgender people challenging jail policies, but also applies broadly to all areas of society covered by disability rights law, including employment, government benefits and services and public accommodations. The decision destigmatized a health condition, gender dysphoria, and it says that what Congress did in 1990 wasn't OK. Now, I can't see this standing um, because your mental state is not a feat uh, 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 um, is not it's not uh, uh, used in terms of your physical state. So if you are um, if if you are suffering depression, they're not going to be like you, you can't go to this facility, right? 
if you are having a, a mental issue of some sort, or I guess, I, look, with, with all due respect, they're calling it a disability. It's protected mm -hmm. under disability law. Mm -hmm. your mental state doesn't determine whether or not you go to one facility or another in many circumstances. So this is interesting. I suppose you could argue if someone's mental state was lunacy, psychosis, you would go to a care facility or a hospital instead of a prison. Many people don't. They just go to prison. Many people are clearly unwell, de deranged, depressed, or insane, and they don't send them to hospitals. Why would it be now that someone with a, 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 you know, a mental issue, they could use that to actually affirm that mental issue and be transferred to an, a, a separate facility. You see, you see where I'm going with this? Like, I feel like if this did stand, you would have like jails that were strictly for depressed people because your mental state is not something that is a fixed feature of your attribute. Like it doesn't stay the same from day to day. And I wonder if they're trying to push us toward the slippery slope of, you know, your external genitalia is not necessarily consistent with who you really are inside. So. I feel like it's just opening, setting a really bad precedent. I do hope it's challenged. I hope it's knocked over altogether. Well, like, like here's a question. If I have, um, um, what, what is it called? General body dysmorphic disorder? Yeah. Mm. Will they affirm that by amputating? Amputating your body? Well, so look, for, um, for people who are trans, uh, gender affirming surgery, as it's called, would be the reconstruction, uh, uh, removal of your reproductive organs, and then the the cosmetic alteration of them, because you are depressed by it. There's a, there's a, 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 another. Um, I think it's in the DSM five. I don't know what you call it disorder. That is um, body dysmorphic disorder. I think you want you want to look that up because I'm. I, it might be I'm looking at the DSM five. What aspect of it are you? Body looking for? dysmorphic disorder. Can you Google that? Oh, yeah, I'll check it out. Uh, I think that's what it's called. I, don't, I, don't, I could be wrong. That sounds right. But there are people who like my. Yeah, that hand. is what it's called. Yeah, like my hand. It's not my hand. I I'm, I'm like I need it removed. I mean, a doctor is not going to cut your hand off. This is so interesting to me because most people don't know this about J.K. Rowling, but she, under a pseudonym, wrote an entire, she wrote like a series about a veteran who had lost, you know, the lower half of his leg in the war. And he came back to England and he was dealing with murderous psychopaths who wanted, who had body dysmorphic disorder and who wanted to like amputate their hands and whatnot. And he was incensed by this, obviously, because he had an involuntary amputation. He lost a leg in an IED explosion or whatever. So I, I wonder if that's, that's, that's a little bit off topic, but I wonder if that's contributed to their view of her as a turf because she's been like, no, if you want to amputate something, that's not necessarily necessarily just something we should accept. I, I have no issue with disability law covering this. I get it. It makes sense. The DSM-5 listed as a disorder, whatever. That's the opinion of the medical experts. And so if someone is experience, experiencing this, then I don't know if that... Does does disability law give you guaranteed access to government-funded treatments? That's what I feel like this might be aiming at, is it's a funding mechanism. Yeah. But 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 think about any other... Uh, like. I, I really I think dysmorphic body dysmorphic disorder is the, the the best analogy because we are not granting those protections to these people. And if if we're going to allow individuals to undergo cosmetic surgery and the removal of organs due to a, a disability, would that not apply to any other uh, disorder? It would. And so I would I would say that are the prisons now going to have to amputate the arms of individuals who request it? <clears throat> Well, I would imagine, yes. Are you are you saying that it's because it would be doing harm? I mean, it's it's a question of, I would say partially, but it's a question of does the state have to pay for it, right? Sure. I mean, I think there's. I think the initial argument for me is is it is it the right thing to do? Like, is what you're doing actually providing a benefit? 
I, I guess the, the main issue is, are there any other circumstances where you would be housed in a different facility based on your mental state? Like if you were supposed to go to a supermax prison and uh, you said, but I'm depressed by that, I want to go to a low security prison or a mm -hmm. prison camp. Would they go, well, we have to. Depression is a disability. I'm, I'm pretty sure depression is a disability, right? I'm not sure. I'll look that up. I, I don't know. I'm looking at it now. Let me see. I want to I say yes. I want to yeah. say depression Persistent is Persistent depressive disorder, uh -huh. depressive disorders, yep. bereavement. So, yeah. so what if you said, um, I get anxiety attacks. Bereavement exclusion. Bereavement is excluded from depression. What's bereavement? Bereavement's it's like not. I'm sad about what happened to me kind of thing. Sure. I believe. What if you said, supermax facilities make me depressed and give me anxiety attacks? I think oh. that's a form of grief. But I could be wrong. You could argue it's bereavement. Well, so like but you're saying, this is a step on the road. Well, how that. is how is then putting a trans person in their biologically biological sex prison not grief, right? They're they're ruling that if you're male but identify as female, you must be placed in a female prison because of your mental state. Well, your grief would be over as soon as you're let out because then you're no longer in prison, right? You'd be grieving because you're in prison. Mm -hmm. You're right. So That's they can't point. lock you up. That's right. Mm -hmm. Wow. Depression? Actually, I yeah. think... No, no, grief is not a disorder. Oh, okay. okay You're allowed so to right, grieve. Right, right, But the point is if... So so look, what they're saying here is that if you're biologically, biologically male, identify as a woman, and go to a male prison, that's a dis disability discrimination. That's what they're saying. That's what this article is saying. If I have persistent depressive disorder caused by being in prison, it's causing me a disability. That's, an that's a violation of my rights as a disabled person, right? I should be moved to a different facility to, to be accommodated for this. It's really funny how prisoners, uh, well, we're talking about prisoners' rights. You, you're here. Maybe you can tell me about this a little bit. You've spent 70, 80 uh, days. You have none. You have none. <laughs> you have so, none. But they want them. <laughs> but then I'm thinking about like the horror of war and that like war prisoners and like we're in such a luxurious time in history that we're able to kind of demand how we want to be treated in prison. Uh, interesting. Yeah. It's funny, right? Uh, you can make all the demands you want. I mean, they're they're not going to help you. Their job is not to help you. Like, I mean, so I didn't really have an opinion on prison ahead of time, you know, but being there, I definitely have an opinion now. My, my thought was always, you know, well, you did something wrong, so enjoy prison, you know, but it's, I don't think we should make it something you enjoy, though, because the idea should be you don't want to come back here. So making people comfortable and stuff, I mean, it should be uncomfortable, but the psychological side of it, what they do to you is Horrible. I think it should be re, re, uh, re, rehabilitative. Mm. Rehabilitative is that the word? Rehabilitative. rehabilitative? The yes. goal should there be to rehabilitate people. There you go. Did yes. you? Yeah, it should. So I, I read these stories about they put people on an island in Scandinavian countries or whatever. Like if you're a supermax, they put you on an island, and it actually had the most successful rate of reducing recidivism and and like reforming people, because you made them responsible for their safety, security, and survival more so than if they were in society. Well, look Maybe. at Australia. I mean, they're doing great. I mean, they were that. Yeah, a very successful penal colony. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. And a continent. Yeah. Did you ever get the vibe of like isolation while you were, was it isolative? Because I, uh, yeah. So when you come in, if you're unvaccinated, uh, they have to put you in uh, either the shoe, which is a special housing unit. And uh, I, th I think at one point it was like 21 days. And then uh, they dropped it down to five days when I got there. The issue is uh, the unit they put me in, every time someone new came in, it reset the count. So when I first got there, it was me and some older guy, and we, you know, we chatted for a little bit. But yeah, I mean, I'm just trying to keep to myself because all I know of prison is Shawshank Redemption and Green Mile. So, um, you know, uh, we kept having more and more guys come in. So the unit got more and more crowded. We're sharing more, you know, less and less showers. Only half the toilets work. It gets uncomfortable. Uh, we ended up doing, uh, I think, 17 days before they actually put us in the other units uh, that was basically wow. general housing. But I can't complain because. 
back when it used to be um, two weeks, it was two weeks for 21 days, uh, they had actually an entire unit, and there, I think there's I think there's probably about 100 beds in there, bunk beds, so they can house about 200 people per block. They got to, I think it was 95 people at one point, and uh, they had them housed in there for over 80 days. And you cannot leave that unit. Like, you are stuck there. They bring you sandwiches, and you can't leave. What were most people in for? Um, it was kind of all over the place. So in a camp, the only reason you can't be in a camp is if you're a— um, it can't be like a violent crime, and you can't be a chomo. So, um, what's that? A chomo is a child molester. Okay, mm. you can't be that. So, um, I which would is go, a violent crime. Which which is a violent crime. Yeah, one completely of the worst. agree. That and also it's it's also for their safety. So, um, th- most of the chomos are put into uh, low facilities. I know the one I was at. I think the population was something like eighty to ninety percent all child molesters, <sighs> which is no, it, it's staggering. But I mean, they have their own gang and stuff there. You know, like you don't <laughs> they, awful, they, they they protect each other and. Now, for everybody else, what is like financial crimes or what? Financial crimes, you know, a lot, yeah. a lot of people, um, you know, shady business dealings and things like that. A, a couple people, I mean, I learned about uh, ghost money and ghost drugs. Really? So this is, um, let's say you have a large company, right? And again, everything I say came from came from criminals, so grain of salt. You know, everyone's innocent yeah. in prison. Um, so let's say you have a company and you have someone that uh, you know, it's like they they do your business dealings, you know, because you've grown so much. You send someone, they have an illegal conversation about possibly doing something, right? Or let's say um, you're having a conversation about uh, about buying drugs, but there are no drugs. You know, it's not actually happened yet. If two people come together and say he had the intention of doing this, that's a charge. Really? Mm-hmm. That is a charge. They call it um, oh, conspiracy to commit either fraud or conspiracy to do something. Wow. So if two mm-hmm. two inmates, you're saying two inmates tell a guard that a third inmate is doing said oh, something. No, this, this, they never... this is in the free world. This is this is out of prison. So the people that were there, right? A lot of them are like a conspiracy to commit mail fraud, conspiracy to to do you know regular fraud and stuff. I mean, I was I wasn't there long enough to get full details of everything. It was a pretty short stint, but if two people say this guy had an attention to to buy to buy drugs or have a shady dealing, and they're CIs for the federal government, yep. they can arrest you on conspiracy. Yep. So you'll get, you could be some dumb dude who's sitting, playing video games and drinking a beer, mm-hmm. and then some guy goes, hey man, you know what we should do? We should do this, that, or otherwise, right? You want to do it? And then you could be like, oh yeah, I guess, I don't know, whatever. And like, boom, gotcha. Yep. And then all of a sudden someone comes knocks on your door and you're like, what? Like, what are you talking about? I was just watching mm-hmm. Friends reruns. Okay, so when someone asks you to commit a crime, you say no every time. Yeah, every but what if you don't time. know? With Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. If you don't know it's illegal. Yeah, take a look at marijuana laws across the country. They, they vary all, all over. A lot of people don't realize that, like, for instance, in West Virginia, it's illegal. In Maryland, it's legal. What if someone from, you know, lives in Maryland where it's legal and, they're, and, they, and, and a CI is like, hey, you want to, you know, hang out? We're going to the range. And they go to the range. So they drive it to West Virginia. And then they're leaving. And so they're like, we're going to go chill my buddy's house. And they go to a chill's house. And then someone says, hey, you want to bring some of this stuff, stuff over to us? That'd be really cool. And they go, oh, yeah, sure, I guess. Boom, gotcha. Talking about crossing state lines mm-hmm. with uh, something illegal or whatever, and you they're like, it, they don't. Even, you, you might not even know where the state line is. You said it's called ghost ghost crime, ghost drugs. So ghost drugs is a really prominent one in there. So if the drugs were there or not, 
you still committed the crime. So they can arrest you with no drugs. Just the, well, they said they were going to. They showed up to meet to go buy it. And the other one was ghost. What was the other one? Ghost? Um, it's a conspiracy to commit fraud. Fraud. Mm-hmm. And again, fraud. I'm not an attorney. I'm not a lawyer. I've not studied law. But these are the stories you hear inside. You know, when everyone in prison's innocent, if you ask them, I didn't do it. Yeah. You know, but the stories you hear, they're, I mean, they're tragic. You know, and I mean, I. Like, like what, what's an example? Uh, well, it's hard. You're not supposed to. When you get out, you're not really supposed to tell people stories and stuff. I make, that's, make that's, up a story that's that's comparable, but not related to any actual person. You um, know what I mean, like, give us a gist of like what it, what it would be like. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. What's your questioning? I started like, thinking. Like, I don't want you to to spill the beans on anyone's actual life story. Mm-hmm. So, could you make up something that's akin so we understand what it would be like? Like, um, like, what's an ex- what, what's what's a, a fictitious example of what a tragic story would be in these circumstances? So, like. Um, when I was in, I tell you what broke me. Everyone's got a cell phone where I'm at. There's a lot of contraband in there. I mean, people were bringing in like wing house wings at night. They were doing runs. It was absolutely how? like guards yeah, bringing in. I I don't know how that happened. I didn't see anything. Wings are awesome. Yeah, I'm actually it's blind in both eyes and can barely hear. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, there was one guy. Um, I was staying behind uh, reading a book, and I heard a guy uh, singing happy birthday to like his three year old on a cell phone. He's crying kind of in between, and like that was. Absolutely wow. tragic to me. And this guy's in for, for marijuana. You know what I mean? Wow. I wanted to put webcams in these prisons for about 15 years. I just, even if the, guards, of rights people. if the guards are watching you have, or anyone have a conversation with their family, I mean, at least they're having a conversation. That's why I asked you about isolation earlier, like psychological isolation. Well, I know uh, the place I was at used to be a women's camp. And uh, they actually had the ability to FaceTime their families. Like women have different treatment than uh, the men do in prisons. Well, that and, sounds like a Title IX violation. Yeah, yeah. Well, the only thing I hate about the last story is that it came out, you know, a couple months late because I would have much rather preferred going to a women's prison. Hmm. Yeah, we did. We only talked a little bit. I think we're going to go Super Chats pretty yeah, soon. We're we Super did, Chats right now. We actually. only touched on surface on level at that last story, but I think your story was actually really interesting. All right, we're going to go to Super Chats. If you haven't already, would you kindly smash that like button, subscribe to this channel, share the show with your friends, and head over to TimCast.com. Become a member because I have a members-only uncensored show coming up for you at 11 p.m. Faster. Yeah, there we go. Put that on 2.5 speed. Put that on one point. <laughs> put that on 0.5 if point you want to really understand yeah. what I said. Uh, we're going to have that members-only show up at TimCast.com at about 11 p.m. <laughs> Let's read your Super Chats. I like that. That's too slow. Tiberius3969 says... Hey, Tim, what makes parallel economy censure-resistant, uh, censure censor-resistant? Is it just the fact that it's a separate entity or is it something else? The company itself still, there, there's, a, there's a chain with links, and each link is a weak point. You've got your domain hosting, you've got your servers, you've got your financial transactions, you've got your social media. Any one of those can snap and break the chain and harm your business. We have to keep forging new links and replacing as many as we can. Parallel Economy is a company that does not have the insane censorship policies of some of these other big financial transaction firms. So you're not going to get banned because you hosted an interview with someone who has naughty opinions. Mm. Whereas some of these other big firms, they will nuke you in two seconds. So it's uh, one step at a time. There still is the risk that card processors in the back end, like big banks, they can still they can still shut you down. What you do there. Um, you need the MAGA bank, I guess. So, you know, maybe you need a billionaire to open a MAGA bank, I guess. All right. Let's grab some more Super Jets. Marked Ashamed says the student loans have become the biggest short position against the U.S. economy, even bigger than the big short of the housing market in 2008. Most of the debt 
that is to be forgiven is in hedge funds. So that is 200% profit. Yeah, somebody mentioned if somebody owes like uh, 100 grand and they get 10K, you know, in their loans paid down, all that money is going to these, these lenders and your interest is still going to crank your, 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 lo- your loan payments back up. So it's like not really doing much other than funneling more money to big, to big banks. It's crazy. All right, so let's grab some more Super Chats. Emil Koloff says, I just, I just poured a huge drink and Tim said Civil War. Well, frick me. <laughs> there you go, man. Stay I'm, safe. I'm, I'm. <laughs> Balian says, so are you going to criticize MTG for her, for her hypocrisy in demanding the censorship of Kiwi Farms due to the fact she's being tricked into believing one of their mods is responsible for her swatting? If you want to know more, check out Rakeda's video. I saw that um, if Marjorie Taylor Greene is wrong about this, because I, I, I don't know the full details, for one, I do not believe Kiwi Farms should be censored. And I do think that the, whoever's doing the swatting is absolutely lying because we've been experiencing something similar. And um, I will uh, I'll reach out to Marjorie and make sure she's not making a mistake. Um, she should not be calling for censorship. And if that's the case, that would be hypocritical and, and, and bad, very bad. So, uh, you know, I'll, I'll reach out. Maybe we'll have her back on the show at some point when we can. Joshua Mark says, G Prime 85, on the one show I've caught live all year, that's karma for buying the completely awesome, awesome Breaking Bread Club print, I bet. Ian, thoughts? What's Breaking Bread Club print? There was a, um, a couple of strips I did called, it was based on The Breakfast Club. It was like a little joke. So there's this uh, Christian girl who was caught having a Bible in her book bag or something from school and the dad says you go out and get pregnant and have an abortion right now <laughs> and the sequel to that was uh there's this bad boy in the uh, detention facility you know it's like breakfast club her she got detention the bad boy got detention he's like uh so what are you in here for you know and he has a maga hat basically so the joke was that it's now the cool thing to be a republican slash conservative so this uh fine individual i guess bought prints from me and uh i don't know what Ian would have. Sounds like karma to me. Yeah, that's well, awesome. Yeah. Get what you deserve. <laughs> All right. James Morgan says, will you be signing bands to Timcast Records? Is there an AR rep to contact for possible submissions? No. Yes and no. Um, we are going to be signing bands. <laughs> we have to figure out how to do it. Carter Banks is the go-to guy for all Carter. of that stuff. And I don't know where we are with that. Right now, we just have to release like our own music. And then I'll put it this way. You know, uh, we have the song coming out at midnight uh, Eastern time. So it's like, what is that, 9 p.m. Yeah. Uh, L.A. Right. time? Yeah. A large portion of our viewers are actually on the West Coast, too. Not the biggest, but, uh, you know, so that'll be easier for you guys. If it works, if the songs we put out succeed and generate revenue and, uh, you know, it's, it's also about building culture. That means if the song succeeds in getting play to a certain degree, I'm not super worried about returns profit wise if we get returns marketing wise. But if the, if the songs can, can, can generate revenue to the point where we can expand the operation, we will. Otherwise, the reality is us putting out songs becomes like a vanity project of a thing we like to do that helps generate buzz for the projects we're working on. Uh, to put it simply, marketing value will exist in all of, the, all of the music stuff we do. If it generates revenue, then we start signing more and more bands and ramping up production. Otherwise, it'll be like the people who are here in-house and have songs they want to publish will make and publish. 
But I really do want to uh, at least sign a few people for, uh, you know, a few deals to a certain degree, maybe a couple EPs to start. We'll figure it out. I don't know how we can take submissions. We got to figure that out too. There's like legal things you got to, legal hoops you got to jump through if you want to take solicitations or something like that. All right. Keegan Mooney says, I am outraged from Tim's slander from last night that Jordan B. Peterson didn't say to watch Attack on Titan. I implore you to watch the 22 second video, Jordan Peterson on watching anime. I look forward to a retraction. Oh, Give my. your heart to him. Give your heart. <laughs> uh, well, did he say to watch? Watch Attack on, Attack on Titan. I don't know. It sounded like a deep fake. <laughs> yeah. Well, the reason why I thought it you could be true is because Attack on Titan. you've seen it, right? Uh, some of it, yeah. You've not seen? Not right. all of it. What? The Jordan I Peterson know. deep what fake or the show? You're talking about the, the show. The show Attack on Titan. There's it's, a lot it's, of animes I've started I haven't finished. Attack on I, Titan is like watching a show based on a Jordan Peterson lecture. Yeah. It's, I, it's like a race of people who are demonized for historical oppression and racism and there's like the they're 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 called the Eldians and there's one they're like we're the good ones we're we're teaming up with the other countries because Eldians are bad and then there's other people who are like basically being punished and imprisoned because thousands of years ago their people were conquerors it's crazy I watched that and I was like this sounds like a Jordan Peterson were they show. able to transform at that time or was that a punishment I can't remember when they became titans they're like everybody on the island no, spoilers. totally just you're totally just spoiling the yeah I've only seen the first episode geez, man I don't remember. Um, I think it's fair. Well, I think it's fair to spoil the first season. It's a fairly old show, but basically, like the show is, people live in this big walled, triple walled city, and they're giant humanoid monsters that eat people outside. They're called titans, and then you discover, like basically, in the first few episodes, I think that people can transform into titans, and you know. I don't know. What, what else did you want to add? I, well, I mean, if there's spoiler content, I, I don't know. I just, I've read oh, the, the, a the, lot about the series. I don't know what is and is not a spoiler. I mean, it's, I, I just, t talking about the good and bad Aldeans is a huge spoiler. Okay. Yeah. I'll, like ask, it, I'll ask. Is I'll the find. planet called Titan that they're on? Nope. I think it's called Earth. Interesting. Yeah. They're it's in this walled awesome city. I guess I, I shouldn't say too much, but yeah, it, it's, it's uh, super, I remember it was like super nihilistic and dark and gross. And, oh, the yeah. art is incredible. Yeah. Well, if Jordan Peterson said watch it, I'm definitely going to watch it. I'm I trying think, to be a better man. I think it was a Jordan yeah. Peterson deep fake that yeah. says to watch it, but I could be wrong. All I right. I got to ask Jordan to his face. Chuck Taylor says, please read this super chat. Oh. Okay, moving okay. on. <laughs> KM says, Brie Larson's version of Metric's Black Sheep is way better. The song from Scott Pilgrim vs. The World, Sad to Say, bro. This is actually, uh, I agree. Um, but there's two versions. The, the, so there's one where uh, it was re-uploaded recently. And there's a um, vocal error. I'll just call it that. Like, like Brie hits a sour note and they didn't fix it. In the, in the first release of it from the movie, it's perfect. They did, because basically what they do is when she hits a sour note, they just fade it out and it works. And then in the later release, I guess they upload a different version. Um, but I, what I will say is that song, my, I could be wrong about this. Metric made an album and they said, hey, this song's not going to make the album. We, you know, like, we don't think it's going to fit. It's not, it's not the same style. It doesn't really fit in with the rest of the songs. And so when they were making Scott Pilgrim, they were like, hey, this band is based on you guys. And then they were like, oh, that's great. Even though the woman in the movie is, is like a dick. And so they're like, hey, we have this song. It didn't fit on an album. You can use this one. I remember the first time I saw Scott Pilgrim and I heard Black Sheep. I was like, wow, this song's really good for like a movie song. I was like, I wonder why I like it so much. And I looked it up. I was like, oh, it's Metric. It's like one of my favorite bands. I would say actually right now Metric is my favorite band. They're amazing. All Comes Crashing is like, All Comes Crashing is like the best song they've ever made. And I love like all their albums. So I remember I got invited to a screening of that one. And uh, I was a huge fan of the comic at the time. Did you like the movie? The, uh, well, okay. So the version I saw, um, he ended up with knives at the end. And I thought that was a huge, 
it was a completely different ending. Really? What? I was one of the people who said the whole point of this story is that he does not end up with knives. But he does in the comic, doesn't he? He does in the comic and he yeah. does in the movie. But in the the version of the movie that I saw, he was uh, with Knives Chow. Whatever. This is nerd talk. I'm sure nobody knows. <laughs> no, 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 no I actually love that movie. It's one of okay, my favorites. Good. I've seen it so, several times. But I also think they botched the ending with uh, he ends up with Ramona at the end. I still think he should have ended up single. This is mm. my opinion. And uh, oh, I, I would also criticize. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, I think Scott needed to grow by the end of the story and he needed to end up alone and ask, why am I alone? And then I always thought that uh, Ramona should have been like an evil witch who needed to be cleansed of her evil exes. And she needed, she used him to do it and then she would vanish oh. again. I thought that would have been a way better ending. Uh, no, no disrespect to Brian Lee O'Malley. I was a huge fan. But uh, yeah. My, but, my, my, my nerd out is uh, I'll say that the what if, did you watch Marvel's what if? No. The Doctor Strange, huge missed opportunity. You saw the Doctor Strange one? Yes. So um, it plays into Multiverse of Madness. Uh, in the what if, basically, he's trying to find a reality where Christine lives, and her death is a catalyst for him to become Doctor Strange. What should have happened was he finally finds one universe where Christine gets to live, and it's where he sacrifices his hands and his legacy to become Doctor Strange, but keeping her alive. And that would be the prequel to the actual first Doctor Strange movie. Hmm. That would have been way more epic. I could see that. Yeah, but I guess they wanted to use the character in Multiverse of Madness. I don't think they know what they want. Disney's falling apart. It is. Yeah. The Marvel movies are falling apart. They uh, are. She Hulk is getting blasted. Mm. Like, people are, it's, I, <laughs> I give it, a, I give it, look, Miss Marvel was the worst. She-Hulk is actually like, you know, I, I watch it. And it's like, C minus. You know, it's like, I'll watch it. You know, whatever. I'm, I'm really excited to see Daredevil in it. So, you know. Yeah, I mean, I, I watched everything up to, um, I started watching the TV series, you know, Hawkeye, uh, yeah, uh, the Captain America one. Can't remember. I liked. Uh, I liked. Uh, what was the one with Scarlet Witch? It was really, really good, actually. Wandavision. Wandavision. I. Mm, I thought that I was. Didn't. I really liked I, it. I just, you, just, you had to skip the first three episodes or something. I thought it was clever. Okay. I enjoyed the cleverness of it. Going through different genres. I mean, interesting filming. I thought it was fun. Something I haven't seen it before. And then, like, I got to be honest. Like that made no like Multiverse of Madness ends up making no sense. They're turning every movie into an Avengers movie, and it's really boring. Like the first Doctor Strange was good. It's about a guy and he goes on this journey. Now it's like every movie is an Avengers movie. And I'm just like, anyway, let's read some more. Regil says, Jeep Rhyme, excited to see your amazing art in Death Mask, the second book in the Night Vale series by Hugo, nominated <laughs> excellence of Elocution Razor Fist, available for pre-order now. Welcome to the Iron Age. Hell yeah. That was a lot of fun, actually. I don't know um, if this is like widely known, but yeah, Razor Fist, the uh, YouTuber, uh, the smack talker. <laughs> Uh, was kind enough to ask me to illustrate uh, his second book in his series. It's called, um, well, uh, this one's Death Mask. Right but, on. Max S. says, I would like to point out that in the New York 19th District race from earlier this week, the Democrats and media are bragging about beating the Republican by 2%. In a district, Democrats won by 12% in 2020. Red wave in November. Mm. That's a 10-point swing. We'll see, man. We'll see. <clears throat> Let's grab some more Super Chats. All right. Cody Shiflet says, was wondering if you heard about Arizona passing bill, uh, about Arizona passing a bill, making it illegal to record cops within eight feet. If it's true, I was hoping to get y'all's thoughts on it. Love you guys. Well, that's tough. I mean, why are you walking within eight feet of a cop? But the question is, if they're in, 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 the, in the act of, you know, subduing somebody or arresting somebody. Yeah, I don't like it. I mean, I, I think you have a right to have video evidence to support yourself in court. I do. I mean, if you get pulled over, I, I think you should be able to record. Absolutely. 
And it, I think it's accountability is the measure we should be asking for from police. And, you know, I'm, again, I have a lot of Leo friends, and I'm, I'm com- I think they'd be fine with that too. And the ones that probably aren't fine with it, those are the ones I have questions why they aren't. Do they have body cams over there? I don't know. Good question. Because if question. I get pulled over and I start filming and he comes within eight feet of me, am I breaking the rule now? Mm. What about your Teslas? They have cameras all over. Mm, and so they, the first step is to get a Tesla, I suppose. It's crazy. They have they have a, they have two they have a left and a right side cam, a front cam, a back cam, a dash cam, and a cabin cam. I remember I parked once next to a Tesla, and I was close to it, but I didn't hit it or anything. And I opened my door, and then I see on the dash it says recording. Yep. Like, what the hell? Yeah, it's, it's called Sentry Mode. Yeah. And it, it films everything you do. Yeah. There so I, I took a crap on it, and then I walked away. <laughs> I heard a story of somebody somebody keyed a Tesla. And it recorded them doing it. Oh my! Yeah, like, dude, Teslas are scary, man. You stay away. I'm gonna get a Tesla. There you go, dude. The remote control feature is crazy. You're save a lot I of never money. used it because I've had Tesla for a while. But <laughs> you can control the car remotely. You can be far away and then press a button, and the car will move with nobody in it. Yeah, it's really slow for obvious reasons, but I, it's kind of weird. One of his plans, Elon's plans, I believe, is to, uh, you know, displace Uber by allowing you to set your Tesla to go Uber for you while you're not using it, and it'll drive around, pick people up, and take them. That's Uber so Uber is really, really bad, in my opinion, because um, these people who are doing this don't realize the wear and tear on their vehicle is is like eating away at the money they're making. Mm-hmm. You're basically just selling the value of your car for a short-term gain, and then your car breaks down runs out of gas. It's mm-hmm. kind of crazy. I saw somebody wouldn't do air conditioning. T- mm-hmm. This was like four or five days ago. My, <laughs> my Uber driver won't put on the AC for gas. Oh my save gosh. gas. I always have the question, what happens when we have fully autonomous vehicles that just drive themselves? Do we even have car insurance companies anymore? Nope. Do we sue hey. the car manufacturer? Because that's uh, their technology. Inter- interesting point. Uh, I got dropped. My Tesla got dropped from our insurance plan. I don't know why. Weird. Tesla now offers insurance. Oh, so uh, here's what I think. If a car is on auto drive and it crashes, whose fault is it? Tesla. Is it? Is it? Who gets sued? It's got to be the car's fault. So what happens if what happens if you get into a, you're driving and you crash and the other person says they were on auto drive? I could tell their hands were on the wheel. And then the guy, the person driving is like, I was driving. I wasn't on, I wasn't, I wasn't on autopilot. Hmm. They're going to be like, nope, nope. Because if it was auto drive, I get to sue Tesla. Well, and then the insurance companies are like, we can't deal with whatever that's about. Mm-hmm. Two different drivers at the same time, you and the company. But here's the other thing too. Um, I have a Honda and it's got, it's basically got auto drive as well. They have lane control or whatever. And so you put on cruise control and lane control and then it just drives on the highway for you. Yep. That's basically what Tesla does. All right. Aurora Isabella says, hi, Tim. I listened to your will of the people song and I love it. Will you ever have a live performance? One day. We actually, we jammed here with Carter, Pete Parada, and Adrian Norman, uh, Ian. And uh, actually, it was really good. I have harmonies for that song, too. Yeah. They're not on the that uh, recording of it, but I'd like to play those live. Yeah, we're probably going to re-upload the song to the new Timcast Records page. And then we have another version. So our song, Only Ever Wanted, is going up at midnight tonight. 12.01 a.m. tomorrow, technically. And then, I don't know exactly when, but we have another version. So this song has rock in it, but it's not a rock song, I guess. The, the, the best example, the closest I could probably get it to is Cosmic Love by Florence, maybe. Uh, but we have another version that's piano and violin. And then we, we're probably going to do a performance in here in the studio and then put that up. We should do a lounge version of Will of the People where it's like, yeah. this is the will with of some, the people. With some brushes. We'll get Pete to play with some brushes. That'd be fun. Let's see what we got here in the old Super Jets. Let's grab some more Super Jets. 
William Hines says, didn't the FBI know the Russian interference was false at the time they asked Facebook to censor? <laughs> hmm. <laughs> Interesting question. Unless they're just trying to get negative stuff censored. Well, here's a good example. The FBI, a whistleblower came out and said that they were told by the top brass not to investigate the laptop because they didn't want to interfere in the election. Then right before a midterm, they raided Trump's house. Mm-hmm. So uh, how about that? Huh? Mm. How about is that? this election interference? Yeah, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> DC says Biden saying the next Congress will cancel 50K would be a disaster for Dems. 13% of adults have student loans. The remaining 87% aren't likely to vote to pay for the 13%'s poor choices. Right. That's why I think even now he's betting on just pissing everybody off. Maybe they want to lose, man. Sometimes it feels like they're so bad at what they do, they really do want Republicans to win. Like they're trying to, like, my, my favorite conspiracy theory in this regard is that China created wokeness and like pumped it up through the media to destabilize the country. And, the, and now they're trying to get rid of wokeness by creating fake opposition. Mm. Yeah. Fun. Dialectic. Dialectic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Max Stahl says the Sandman is woke garbage. Dream homie is naked in a bubble for all of the first episode. And one of the only straight couples in the show chains a black kid up in the basement. <laughs> Oi. I mean, the show's got its, its cringe, but the death episode is one of the greatest pieces of, of um, visual media I've ever seen. It's have on you, my to-watch list. It is. I haven't started it yet. The, have you seen it? Have, no, have you guys, no, which, ep- which one is this? Death. The death episode. Of what show? Sandman. Negative. I haven't seen any it's of It's not about have you seen any of this stuff. It, like, I don't want to ruin it. Oh, yeah. You were talking about that a couple nights ago, too. Amazing. <laughs> it's so good. It's just absolutely brilliant. Yeah, Neil Gaiman is a good author. He wrote with Terry Pratchett, which I absolutely loved his work. He did Good Omens, which was an incredible TV show, even though it was one of my favorite books as well. I was like, this is amazing. But he's a little woke. So, yeah, I mean, I guess it's probably par for the course. Is Death one of the characters in the show? Yeah. And then there's an episode basically about Death, and it's really good. Yeah, it's so good. All right. I want to talk smack to Matt. I shouldn't say this. I once talked smack to him, uh, Neil Gaiman. Oh, I was, but this I was just a little face to face. No, no, I was uh, twi- tweeting. You know, I was just this little account at the time, and I guess he found his name, and he's like, "Hey, don't be." I, I don't know. He said something. I'm like, "Whoa, who invited you to this conversation?" <laughs> and he was like, "Really?" Uh, like he jumped on me. I'm like, "Wow!" I, I think I had said something like, "I like only one of his stories," or something like oh, that. Wow. I-, I liked Coraline and uh, Coraline, Stardust yeah. or something. Yeah, yeah. He's like, well, you know, I'm, I don't, I'm not gonna pretend like I know what he said, but he, yeah. Like, did you, did. Why'd you show up? Did he, you ever write draw for other people's comics? I mean, I know you just did one recently. Uh, well, yeah, I, I mean, that's technically my job. It's um, <clears throat> like people just you know freelance me. They say, hey, here's some money, and you can do the illustrations. So, for instance, I was working on Razor Fists. I just did um, illustrations, like black and white illustrations, like Frank Frazetta. Cool. Um, when was the last time I did a big job like? Um, I don't know. I, for a while, I've been doing like uh, Indiegogo campaigns and like my Etsy shop and stuff. So like I have a series, uh, a comic series that's I don't really have time to work on. Uh, two series, actually. Um, so it's really a matter of finding time, to be honest. Do you like, get approached by Marvel and DC? No, never. No, I, I would be very surprised if they would even talk to me. So uh, yeah, is wicked. No, they would never work with me. I, would I you work with them? Um, not under their current leadership. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't... I mean, first of all, I don't even think it's like remotely possible uh, because of my reputation and stuff. But even if for some reason they would hire me, 
Um, I don't work super well with other people, especially like editor types and like um, they have IPs already. So you have to work within the bounds of what they would, uh, oh, the character would never do this. And I don't really like working within boundaries like that. I want to be able to do whatever I want to do. And um, so I, I like the indie, I like indie stuff. So I have a couple of series that I've been writing and drawing. Um, I have one black and white horror slash romance slash action story. I have another one with like a derpy um, mecha suit pilot. Uh, It's called Mary Sue. But the idea is that I want to take the tropes of like, they they complain about how there's not a lot of strong female characters um, or they're too perfect. And my idea was I, I want to take a character who's nothing but imperfections. She has this power suit that she doesn't deserve. And the joke is that she goes on these amazing quests and fights monsters and pirates and stuff. But she she keeps failing and nobody wants her to save the day because she keeps ruining everything around. And the joke is that she does not deserve to have this power suit. And it's kind of like a comedy action. But also, I think it's quite well written, if you ask me. It's like, I like the idea of a character with imperfections and especially a female character with imperfections because so many, like She-Hulk and stuff like that, the the conversation is, there's all these lady characters that have, their biggest problem is that they're compared to like, male characters or society is against them it's like no no let's have a female character with real imperfections Mm. you know she's a derp you know she's clumsy (laughs) or she's (laughs) she's terrible with guys but she wants to have you know dates but you know guys look at her like she's a disease you know they avoid her and and there'd be a lot of relatedness that I could think it would actually reach a lot of people on a on a real level. Yeah. yeah. And it would be funny. It would be amazing for me to work with a publisher. I've talked to a couple of publishers, but I think they it's either the rejection for some reason or I don't know if they are allergic to my name or. All right. Let's read some more Super Chats. Kevin Billa says, I wish Tim was on this latest episode of JRE with Mark. You would have asked the real questions. Joe missed so many opportunities. Oh, Oh, geez. Oh, no. Uh, I guess, Joe, you have to invite me on and then bring Mark Zuckerberg yeah. back. And, no, I'm just kidding. That, so that, that's how it happened the first time great. on Twitter. Yeah, yeah. People were, you know, critical of Joe because he didn't get to the core of, like, these deeper cultural issues. And then Joe and I ended up having a conversation. And then Joe invited me on his show. And then Joe was like, bro, you want to come back on with the Twitter CEO? And I was like, are you nuts? Yes. Yes. And then we did. And it was great. All right. Reed Boone says, today I had to say goodbye to my beloved 16-year-old dog and best friend, Bama. Mm. Tim, please say that thing you say about the pain of losing a dog. So the way I describe it is you have all of this great joy that builds up over the 16 years you had with your best friend. And then when that dog passes, it all gets released at once. All of those memories and all of that love getting released at the exact same time. It's a powerful feeling. So I view it as, you know, it's painful at first. But you have to realize that it's a good feeling because all of that feeling only exists because you had that that dog for as long as you did or that loved one or whoever. And it is just like it was all built up, all that goodness, and then all at once. So you might be crying, but you'd be smiling because that pain you're feeling is proof of the the amazing the amazing best friend you just had and lost and all the, the great you know times you shared. He says, Ian, please say something about how much of a good girl Bama was. Bama. Good job, Bama. Best girl. Best girl. Mm-hmm. Jason Jack says, just listen to Only Ever Wanted, Spotify, and I love it. How? It's not out yet. Unless it's in some places pirated people... Copies. On Napster. The most pirated song of all yeah. time. LimeWire, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know. 
the only thing that's up on, on, on our Spotify is the theme songs for uh, Inverted World, which the season two one actually is a really good song. I love playing. And Will of the People. And then the, the retro 8-bit Will of the People that Carter made. Yeah. All right. Let's see. We'll grab a couple. We'll just grab a couple more here. Did, uh, did Super Chat stop? Yep. No, Super Chats. Come back to us. No, that's fine. Alberto Chiprez says, She-Hulk will do to Daredevil what Hawkeye did to Kingpin. I won't forgive them for that. What is what is What, what do you mean? I'm not sure I understand. Was well, Kingpin the villain in Hawkeye? I didn't see it. Yeah. And then, like, you think he's dead, but now they're bringing him back in Echo, I think it is. So I think it's interesting. Uh, they're bringing back Daredevil. I think they're bringing back Jessica Jones, uh, Luke Cage. They're bringing them all, all of them back. But, uh, you know, look, man, as a big fan of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, it is collapsing. It, it's become a soap opera. Yeah. You know, it, it's, it's very soapy. I mean, again, people are dying. They're coming back. I, I really don't like, I, are, they, are they going somewhere? I don't know if there's an end game to this. No, no play on you words. Know, not a joke. But. Well, here's, here's the issue. The, <laughs> yeah. the, the first Iron Man was a character story. The first Thor was a character story. The first uh, Captain America was a character story. Then they did sequels, follows up on those characters. The, uh, I thought all of the first three Iron Man movies were really good. I liked all of the Captain America movies, but Captain America was just Avengers. The first one was mm -hmm. Captain America. Then the second one was mini Avengers. Winter Soldier. Yeah. Th then the third one, Civil War, was Avengers fighting each other. Mm hmm Thor, I guess they got worried because people didn't like Dark World, so they made the Thor Comedy Hour starring Taika Waititi, mm -hmm. which is fun. That's a great movie. Really enjoyed but, it. But but then they made Love and Thunder, which is the Clown Hour with Taika Waititi featuring Thor, and it's just like <laughs> they've lost it. I haven't seen it yet. It's good. I mean, I like it, but my point is that it's just really off. Like the whole MCU is just chaos now, and now they're gonna make Blade. So what, vampires exist? They're going to do the mutants? So what, mutants have always existed? How do you do Charles Xavier? Oh, whatever, man. If they ruin Blade, I won't forgive them. Yeah, maybe. I want to point Laser. people to this again, the Infinity Gauntlet. Oh, maybe I'll do Let's talk us out, and I'll tell you a little bit about this. Right All right, everybody. If you haven't already, would you kindly <laughs> smash that like button, subscribe to this channel, share the show with your friends, and head over to TimCast.com, become a member. We're going to have a members-only show coming up at 11 p.m. Uncensored, not family-friendly. You can follow the show at TimCast.IRL. You can follow me at TimCast. Adam, do you want to shout anything out? Um, you can follow me on uh, social media if you'd like. I, uh, it's just pictures of my family and me doing terrible, hilarious things. It's uh, Adam, not that one guy, Johnson, with uh, periods in between the words. That's in the description. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we also have Mr. G Prime 85. You want to shout anything out? That's it. I'm G Prime 85, and you guys can follow me on Instagram, Twitter, and uh, I post i poop post all the time <laughs> it's great poop post poop post yeah, I like that. nice right. job uh and i'm ian cross and i want to tell you if you do like marvel or want to like marvel or want to understand why people like marvel it is because of things like this, this is the infinity gauntlet episode number one or issue number one this is one of the greatest comics ever written in my opinion i haven't read them all but this is i mean they made movies they made mm. many many movies about this this is where it all begins this is and it's, it's not, I don't know, I didn't see the movie, but the, the comic's incredible. It's about life and death and love and hate and, and utilitarianism. It's, it's fantastic. Oh, uh, cool. See you later. All right, you guys, thank you so much for joining me on this eventful Thursday night. Uh, my thoughts are certainly with you. To the owner of Bama, I'm very sorry that she passed away. I'm so glad you got to spend so many good years with her. You guys can follow me on Twitter and Minds.com at SourPatchlets as well as SourPatchlets.me. We will see you all over at TimCast.com. Thanks for hanging out. 
Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.